Uh. Live from Cool Boys Center. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. Or you'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. What? <gasps> what? <gasps> so cool. Cool? Cool. So cool. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I like some cool boys. Greetings, cool boy nation. Ow. And welcome to Joe Biden's America. Yes. With a special installment of the Cool Boys podcast. I'm Demolition Felk. Ooh. I like that. Demolition Felk. And I'm Simon Phoenix. He's evil in a way you never read about Ballard. That must be a, uh, from a description. Yeah, Zachary Lamb. Old Zachary Lamb. Not young Zachary Lamb to get the two confused. Uh, he's the one that, you know, lets everybody know in the uh, police headquarters about Simon Phoenix. I don't know who the fuck is Zachary Lamb is. Um, he's the old black guy, because he was the young black oh. helicopter pilot. Okay. I didn't know the name of that actor. You're supposed to say no, so that's, cool. that's the name of the character. So cool. So cool. <laughs> this episode, we will be discussing Demolition Man! So we will forgo our cool boy updates and get right into... 1993's <gasps> Demolition Man and all the fabulous joy joy feelings it has given us. Oh, I love those joy joy feelings. All right, well, before we do that and I announce spoilers oh, for a, for a yeah, movie yeah. that's from 27 years ago. Yeah, make sure everyone knows. <laughs> uh, do you do you uh, do you do you have anything post mortem wise to uh, say about the last episode? Well, I think after listening to last week's episode, Felk, I definitely feel like you are an incredibly sensitive man who inspires joy, joy feelings in all those around you. <laughs> who says that? Oh, that's the machine that's says the that. Computer. Yeah. The computer. The kiosk. The compute kiosk, which is essentially an internet ATM. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, well, but it has, like, feelings. Like, hey, Alexa, volume 10, uh, Alexa, tell me I'm special. You have tell me now enabled. Right. You want to open it? I thought she. I thought she'd say something like, "You're you're a really special person and great," but no, no it just it, it just recognizes a skill. <laughs> All you right, so say, I have I have done things with Alexa where you know you obviously say thank you and Alexa, I really appreciate you, and she says nice things back to you. But um, I think it's like Simon says to get her to say anything specific. Like, I'm special. Simon says. Oh, yeah, I know. Everybody knows the Simon says trick. I, I do it all the time with like, I want to suck your cock. You have such a fat, huge cock. All these. While you're of jacking things. off. No, no, I don't jack off to Alexa. Alexa, uh, tell me, Simon says, tell me I, you want to stick it in my asshole. Simon says you want to stick it in my asshole. Oh, I didn't mean for you to do that. I don't. I think she stopped listening before I said that. She's over it. She but, doesn't like this shit. But Simon says does uh, this factor into Demolition Man. I think Simon Phoenix says Simon says Simon says times. die or something like that. Yeah, he says it a few times. Yeah, there are a few Simon says throw throwbacks. Good. That should be in there. Anytime you have a villain named Simon, like why not evoke a popular schoolyard game? <laughs> Wait, isn't Die Hard Three have a Simon? Uh, yes, that would be. Well, he was born something Simon Gruber, uh, but I don't remember his alias uh, that he's like operating by. Love it. Anytime we can talk about Die Hard with a vengeance. Um, okay. The well, second best Die Hard. <laughs> You asked me at the beginning of all this about our uh, anything about last week. I thought we had a good first different type of episode last week. How'd you feel about it? I loved sinking it, going to the spots that I needed to remove uh, yeah. bathroom breaks, 
and, and then throwing on an end, end credits and, uh, you know, opening uh, credits or, or songs or themes. I mean, uh, and then and then fucking publishing it. <laughs> that was that was great. Uh, and honestly, the the quality of the conversation, I thought, was phenomenal. I love the subject matter. <laughs> I was I was deeply invested in, in the suspense uh, like listening back to like what did I what did I say on this one? I don't remember who I picked. And of course, if you were careful of that episode, you might this might be in your notes as well. The whole uh, Megan Kelly Tommy Loren debacle that does not hold up to uh, scrutiny in terms of uh, me remembering who was picked or entering the right name. I think what happened there? Okay, yeah. There was, so we did have a whole Democrats steal the election <laughs> voter fraud moment when. Tommy Loren somehow jumped from not winning the Megyn Kelly uh, fight uh, for the bracket, and then all of a sudden we let her go all the way to the top. Um, but wait, so who actually won that fight? Okay, here's what I think happened. We, we got to it, and my gut instinct said Megyn Kelly is more of a classical beauty. You like Tommy Loren. I was so surprised by that that I didn't realize that maybe I always intended to pick Tommy Loren. Uh, we both decided that to- that uh, Tommy had won, and for some reason, I entered in Megan Kelly had won. <laughs> then later, when we came back to it, and you questioned how that happened, and I, perhaps drunk uh, or on other things, was uh, under the impression that like you had forced that because I would have picked Tommy. I thought at that point between because maybe you just convinced me. So without realizing it, I gaslit you into believing that. You were the reason why Megyn Kelly had beaten Tommy Lauren in the first place, and and then questioned that decision <laughs> that awesome. you didn't that you didn't make. Well, see, this is why I like having the postmortems at the beginning of every episode for the last episode because we can address these issues. <laughs> yeah, the Demolition Man spoiler cast probably won't have a case of voter fraud fucking up with our bracketing, but uh... no, no, not at all. All right, well, cool. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Did you release the bracket on Twitter? Voter fraud. Lisa needs braces. Um, Voter fraud. <laughs> you, no, I didn't do it on Twitter, partly because I'm 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 kind of scared that this is horribly sexist, but also just because I I what? I, I just forgot to forgot to. But I did. No. If you if you go to the description, either on SoundCloud or in your podcast app, to the description of that episode, because we have descriptions for every episode and tags and everything, uh, mm-hmm. you'll see that we have uh, a link uh, to the. Shared uh, document, so you can complete your own. If you're listening to this right now on on the on your popular podcast app, you too can uh, just click on that and get a get a website link to the downloadable PDF of the first annual Trump Sled Olympics. Beautiful, just beautiful. Well, I'm so happy that people can join us with that. Alrighty, well, should we move on to Demolition Man? Should we play like a spoiler sound effect now? I guess it's time. For spoilers. Ain't it cool? Alright, so, spoilers from here on out for Demolition Man, a movie that came out 27 years ago in 1993 and predicted a lot of shit. And doesn't take place for another 12 years. Oh, really? It's 2032? Yeah. That's very close to uh, 2030, (laughs) which is going to be discussed tonight. Yay. All right, well, let's do it, Phil. Go ahead. You, I mean, I think we talked about Demolition Man as a spoiler cast like years ago. And um, recently uh, it has come into the zeitgeist. It's become topical because of a tweet um, yeah, in which some... 
I've seen people say like Demo- it's even on the Wikipedia page like Demolition Man became popular because of COVID and like fuck you Demolition Man has been popular since 1993 maybe yeah, a bunch like of I fucking said, Zoomers we've been talking or- about it for, for years and, and I think I've offered it up as a spoiler cast before um, but when we offered up as a spoiler cast before you know we had new content uh, coming out in theaters then so that we didn't need it yeah yeah <laughs> so exactly it got pushed um, but somebody on uh, Twitter uh, live Bory or whatever said Demolition Man is an underrated and a remarkably prophetic movie and Elon Musk re- responded or replied or retweeted yeah to her and that's kind of why everyone's talking about Demolition Man right now but um Wait, we were e- actually... what was sorry what was Elon's tweet again yeah okay fuck off Elon Musk you're not a genius I I, I really I'm that's sorry genius to... res- yeah that's 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 a uh, careful real state of uh, of ver- vocabulary um but uh we were joking about it pretty much once it was announced that Biden was going to be the president-elect. We started joking immediately in our text thread about Demolition Man and get ready to not touch anybody and get ready to have sex like this and get ready to use three seashells and all that shit. Yeah, so we'll, we'll it, definitely discuss it, the three seashells again. I feel like we discussed it on this podcast, but I don't think – I no one was there. I, or P who must not be named was there. Uh, I, I don't feel like we ever got into a – an appropriate lengthy discussion about the three shell she sells. Also, I may have just been a text message thread because sometimes I have I trouble remembering whether or not we just talked about it in text or actually talked about it on the podcast. I thought we talked about it because you. I remember you getting like angry about it and like having an answer that either there was an answer or no answer. But I mean, I have read now that there was an answer to it all. Like Stallone has an answer or something like that. No, you want to get into that now. I don't know. Let's get into it later because there's more important things to discuss. Because realistically, the three seashells is, is popular because of uh, the co- the, or the tie to the COVID thing are the VR sex instead of regular sex, Skype calls yep. instead of being in person, uh, yep. no, not touching your fucking uh, your hands together. Nobody nobody yep. touches because contact is. But that's because contact is violent. It's not specifically. It's not because of. Uh, Viruses, or it's not because of uh, sanitary reasons. Maybe the sex is about sanitary stuff, but I, I always thought that it was like this. The society is super anti-violence, right? There's other, other uh, a few other things I noticed watching this movie back. Um, everyone's in comfies. If you notice that, everyone's in very billowy, loose clothing, which yeah. is kind of like PJs, which is also what everyone's doing at home now, right? Everyone just wears comfies all the time. Well, and Zoomers were like probably go into fucking uh, college classes in their PJs and stuff. I mean, there's always, like, a weird hippie kid, like, back in the days that we were in college. But nowadays, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot more common. It's just like, I'm comfy. I don't look. I don't need to look hot for GAR approval. But, but okay, so the other thing that was COVID-related is, is, of course, the lack of toilet paper. Uh, that maybe because toilet paper... Uh, no, like we don't know why in the movie they switched to the three seashells, other than that the assumption that they're more efficient. Like that might not necessarily be a uh, dystopian thing. That might just be progress because they're sit in this movie. Of course, that's not dystopian necessarily, and is coming real, like self-driving cars. Although yeah, that, that or, might be know, dystopian. Uh, police knows? mobile devices, which essentially are just iPhones. I don't oh, see yeah. anyone else in the film having a, a mobile device other than the police, though. Well, they didn't really predict iPhones. There's a helicopter going by. Is your window open? No, it's closed. That one was really close. That was low. Yeah. Uh, this is Pequod arriving shortly at LZ. <laughs> they also predicted comedians uh, that's, that's going for underground, right? That was your whole thing about that, too? 
Well, he's not a comedian in the movie, uh, but yes, uh, comedians. But I think we're going to get into a, a parable, a parable uh, eventually about how, like, or how uh, Demolition Man is kind of a parable, parallel, parable, and a parallel. Mm-hmm. I was having both thoughts simultaneously, and the words both wanted to come out. Parabellum. Uh, yeah, well, no, it's not a parable. No, it's definitely not a parabellum. <laughs> uh, for what's been happening now, and, and you know, maybe. Maybe even since 1993, there's been a plan for some of this shit, and we just haven't fucking really realized it. Uh, but all right, you, you want you, how do you want to begin? You want to go through the movie? Can, can I kind of go with, like a little chronologically? Because I, I do want to start in the beginning. Because the movie obviously sure. mostly takes place in, in 19, 2000, uh, and then but starts in 1996. So just Three years after the movie was made, they the filmmakers believed that, at least in a sci-fi uh, kind of story, that they could sell the idea that Los Angeles would be basically Somalia in 1993. Uh, like, an war zone, shit's on fire. And, yeah, uh, they filmed like six months after the riots, the L.A. riots. So, I mean, it was fresh, obviously, in their heads, and they were trying to... Definitely, you know, uh, kind of provide the similar iconic iconic images of the riots, right? With, like, the fires in the distance and the smoke in the skies and all that shit in the early bits of the film, right? But, Felk, before we start. Yes. We always do this first because we don't want to keep people waiting for these numbers. We have to give up our boys. Oh, yeah. What are your boys for Demolition Man? Wait, no, don't we tip- typically rate the previous movies in the franchise and then what, get into... previous movies in this franchise? <laughs> well, I, that, that, that's, uh, I guess, the first thing I have on, on the agenda is, is uh, oh, okay. a, quick, cool, a quick cool boy rating of past New World Orders in the franchise. Now, there's the franchise, in this case, being reality, uh, which is currently <laughs> preparing us for Biden's America, whatever that might be. Uh, a lot of people... I, I, I at least uh, had conversations more than one, I think, where Demolition Man was talked about in like 2016 about what uh, maybe Hillary Clinton's America would look like, and and who knows, Al Gore, lots of people could have potentially done this kind of thing. I mean, at the time in '93, I feel like the idea of like only a, Democrats, but well, no, Man. Yeah, well, sort of, but like I feel like there was a puritanical, like in 1993, if you you thought about like puritanical stuff anti-sex, anti-anything's bad for you, living pure, you would associate that with the right wing. But um, Demolition Man manages to have the future be dystopian in not a specifically political way. Like, you could attribute it to either the plans of Republicans or Democrats, at least in 1993. Mm -hmm. Now, in in 2020, Republicans, I believe, are associated with completely outside that spectrum. But we'll get into the word, you know... The, the Trumpers and the Tea Partiers would be. I think it's pretty clear who represents them in the movie if viewed in the lens of today. And if you want an episode about the Trump bets, then tune into episode 201. <laughs> That's a good, a, a, a nice plug for our previous episode. Just trying to plug them. Mm-hmm. Plug them all. All right, well, so the movie begins in 1996. Uh, LA is on, the Hollywood sign is on fire. Wait, what, what, wait, what are your cool boy ratings of past New World Orders in the franchise? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, it's kicking in. Um, all right, so 
New World Orders will be like the Alex Jones concept of the New World Order. There's a, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Agenda 2030. I'll talk about it later in this episode. No, <laughs> the, I'm not at the, all. The, I've the never I, heard of it. The idea that the UN was, of course, really kind of created by Hitler <laughs> because he was, or actually the Euro European Union was created by Hitler. Although obviously, you know, why stop in Europe? Um, the idea that like the UN has been trying to, create a global government, all that stuff. So Illuminati, uh, all that, all those things. Is there a favorite New World Order <laughs> conspiracy theory that you might have? Or where would you rank them? I guess we can't rank them. Just give me a favorite. Oh, man. Oh, well, okay. It has to be that Jews run everything. Because now that I found out that I'm half Jewish, it's yeah. like, yeah, I want in on this one. So let's go with that. I think they can have all the fucking best pizza slices in New York. I don't know, man. I, I don't think being Jewish automatically <laughs> will grant you. Even half Jewish will grant you uh, oh, yeah. entry into th that one. A I muddle or a muggle. Muggle? A muddle? I, okay, well, I, of course, uh, uh, am not half Jewish, so I, I, I won't uh, have it. There's no anti-Semitism in, in mind. In fact, I'm very pro-Israel, and uh, I think that Israel's kind of an outlier in the plan. Like, it's not supposed to, Like, the UN has just been trying to get rid of Israel basically since they created it in 1951. You're half, you're half Japanese or something, right? No. No. Slavic. Oh, really? I'm, I'm Slavic, so I'm not exactly, you know. Oh, really? Uh, I always, you sound like you're, like, Japanese. No, I'm I'm Slavic and, and Cajun. <laughs> I don't even. I love Japanese, dude. Honestly, I, I fucking I walk around the house and all of a sudden I go, oh she will. <laughs> is that, it, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't. It doesn't mean anything. It's just gibberish. It's just, <laughs> I just, I just, it's just racism. The, yeah, I just love the loud Japanese boisterous voice. And one of my favorite things when I watch like anime or Japanese films is like if I was a Japanese man. I would have that loud, boisterous Japanese voice. Okay, we got to get off that now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, but all right. So if that, if if your uh, favorite uh, New World Order uh, conspiracy is, is yeah, the Jews run everything. I, I, I'm going with the uh, UN one. Uh, the idea that you, the UN is basically the the front facing part of a massive world government shadow. I'm conspiracy. sorry. I'm sorry, Felk. I lied. What? It's really not the Jew one. What is it? I, I honestly, if you know me, you know it's the alien one where aliens are running everything. Okay, and got that fair enough. Fucking Dolce base and fucking down underground, and they got the lizard people, and they got the large grays and the small grays and the fucking Palladians or okay. whatever, and they're all fucking each other and eating in different cafeterias because yeah, the lizard no. people eat some kind of viciously, so viciously that no one can see it. Uh, it's well, it's certainly less offensive, but also. Less plausible, perhaps, than the anti-Jewish conspiracy you had there. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Japanese voice thing. <laughs> well, no, we're talking about specifically also Demolition Man. Let's bring me try to bring it back to that. Uh, is is that when I think of like New World Order conspiracy theories, and then in the lens that like most of these theories have are your since like the seventies, they've been around for they would have been around in ninety three. And it's just, you know, maybe it's just coincidence that all of them are coming true in 2020, but maybe, or maybe it's because there actually were plans and people like Sylvester Stallone probably were like, you know, went to parties with people who are like, dude, they're going to fucking make salt illegal in 2020. And he's like, that's a good idea uh, to make a movie about that. <laughs> but like the, the half the buildings in Demolition Man look like 
the fucking UN building. They they have that like that creepy you know sterile cleanliness cleanliness to them. In reality, yeah. they, that's just because they shot like uh, on Wilshire Boulevard right when all the buildings were being built. Right, and they built and they 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 filmed where buildings were being built in San Diego. Then the LA Convention Center was fairly new at the time. Yeah. And they filmed a lot at the LA Convention Center. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, they definitely went for that corporate business park uh, aesthetic. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I mean, I know the area, and it's a ghost town now filled with homeless people <laughs> because uh, the action and the uh, we're not we're clearly not in the uh, everything's clean and happy phase. We're not in the joy joy feelings phase. We're we're in the no, uh, phase man, that comes before. Not. So let, let's get okay. Let's get into that then. I guess just the idea. Well, no, no. First, let's 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 uh, start with the movie in 1996. Just the idea that uh, so this information is conveyed by the uh, helicopter pilot and. And Sly Sloan, like they're back and forth in the helicopter. Yeah, that helicopter pilot is Zachary Lamb Young. That's the young Zachary Lamb. Is that the character's name or the name of the actor yeah, when he's the old? Yeah, the character's name is Zachary Lamb. He's young. He's a helicopter pilot. And then later in the movie, he's older. He's just a, he's a desk jockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to him, uh, too, because that's an interesting uh, problem with the movie is that, it, that, like, that's the only reason why it's only 30 years when it really needed to be like a hundred or 200 years for, for the future to make sense. But uh, so in the opening movie, uh, we see that LA has been become a war zone and it stated that uh, Simon Phoenix, he took over a portion of South central, but obviously they're yep. flying over the Hollywood sign. So they're in Hollywood proper, um, you know, may, or maybe they're just heading towards downtown. Maybe it's close to downtown. I don't think they say, but they, they throw or in Felk, that Felk Felk or South central has changed a little bit, maybe for them. Like it's moved. Oh, I guess not. No, it's only mind, three. But... It's only three years. So I think, no, yeah. uh, Simon Phoenix just, he, he basically took over, you know, maybe a, a few blocks of the city became their warlord and then expanded and got to the rest of the city. And since this has happened, they stated that, yeah, the commercial flights, uh, to, uh, Los Angeles have been suspended. Well, yeah. they, commercial flights were, were only briefly interrupted, but there were times when they weren't flying into a place called Seattle, also Portland. But uh, Seattle, of course, recently had a, 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 a you know a, a portion of its Capitol Hill area taken Remember over when they by used to let commercial airlines land in this town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line. I, thank you for remembering it verbatim. Uh, I was trying to remember it, but I, yeah, because as soon as I heard it, I was like, I think this is very poignant. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only a matter of, I mean, it was certainly considered by uh, Eric uh, Garcietti and Gavin Newsom to be like, what if we canceled all the planes? And like, yeah, let's. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like LA could have easily had been the state that uh, it, it's depicted in 1996, in yeah. 1993 when they were making this movie. It's just like. It took a pause. It's like the same distance between when they thought shit would happen in 1996 uh, and 2020 is like how long it took for like World War II to like start getting ramped up. Like we're at we're at the stages where like we're, we're at the Antifa would uh, or Chaz rather would line up chronologically with uh, like the beer hall putsch. <laughs> so right, it it is kind of terrifying. The timing and the, and lines like yeah, and the commercial flights not coming in uh, is scary. And of course, I have this is the first note in my uh, my uh, parable uh, about uh, our, our theory that, that demolition man is a parable about what the new world order will eventually do. Is that uh, I have you now Raz being the equivalent to uh, or Chat uh, Simon Phoenix being the equivalent to Raz, but of course. 
nobody even fucking talks about Raz anymore. So like he's it's he's more Simon Phoenix is more just Antifa in general, and of course is uh, the other guy, the other six uh, convicts who get uh, defaulted and become his crew. That's the the metaphorically their Antifa unleashed by a grand architect of the dystopia in order to uh, squash their enemies. Well, but then oh, of course wait. he loses control of them. <laughs> But you also have to remember that, like, these cryocons that are released, right? Um, we did have people released from prisons in early stages of, of the pandemic to help out with thinning prison numbers. And some of those people went off, at least one of them, and murdered the <laughs> lady that put him in prison. Yeah, uh, that's horrible. <laughs> yes. But, uh, well... I do have, I, I just have a bunch of random notes and it's kind of tough to come to them organically. So I'm just going to, whenever I uh, just come to them, whenever it, it feels well, right. Yeah, well, well we're, we're working our way through essentially the prologue of the movie right now, right? Mm -hmm. well, it, well, let's talk about the movie and less maybe what it was, you know, foretelling future wise. Um, I fucking love that they actually demolished that building. Apparently that was like Kentucky or some shit that they were able to demolish that building. And it was, and you can hear the director apparently like screaming offset, like like woo when the building actually like goes down, and they brought people out to see like Stallone and to see like uh, uh, he loved do, he loved doing meet and greets from what I've heard. Yeah, so people got to come out and watch the explosion uh, for this 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 huge building, and uh, and see yeah see the cast of the movie. Um, but what I thought was really amazing about that demolition was just like. How they really fucking destroyed that building. Like, I thought that was so fucking cool. It was in Kentucky. It was the Belknap Hardware Manufacturing Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Oh! <laughs> what about Louisville's shit. significance? Brianna. Or Brianna. Brianna who? Taylor. Oh, my God. BLM, Felk. Jeez Louise. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, okay. Was... Edit that out. <laughs> thought you were talking about the porn star. I was trying to remember who Brianna's name is. Uh, no, 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 no. You can edit that out and go, yeah, I know what you want. <laughs> no, no, whatever. Who cares? Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I thought that was cool because they actually, like, seeing one of the things I've enjoyed rewatching some older films. Yeah. Um, during the COVID is. Or just films, um, like, as they're now called. <laughs> or films, yeah. It's like things like Patton, where, like, you have, like, real tanks and real soldiers, like, or extras pretending to be soldiers. And. You actually have that with this demolition at the beginning of Demolition Man. Um, yeah, not a lot, this, not a lot uh, of CG, building. not a lot of CG in general for its action scenes. It has real people no. doing real stunts. They had some beautiful map paintings though. Yeah. Holy shit! Some of the map paintings were really good because there was like there was a point where I'm like, wow, like they were able to figure the force perspective on the map painting while having like dolly shots at times. I, I think that have, was really yeah, cool. You have to move the map painting, don't you? I think so. I imagine they had to do that. All the effects, um, all the effects hold up in general. Like there, it, there's nothing that looks, you know, it's not like Mortal Kombat, which was also 1993, I think. Uh, like where, like the CG is just like, oh my god, this looks like a fucking first year dropouts <laughs> work today. Yeah. Oh, and I guess because we're talking about the beginning of the film and everything in '96, um, you know that was Fred Decker. In what? Bastard. He wrote that. So Fred Decker was brought on as an uncredited writer to rewrite the script, and one of the things he thought right away was the movie originally started with Spartan already in the future, and he was introduced coming out of cryosleep. Oh, yeah, it's much and, better as well. Or cryostasis and suspended animation, and then he would you know go on his events to go find uh, Simon Phoenix. But 
Fred Decker, Shane Black's friend, the guy who directed and wrote, you know, uh, Monster Squad, he um, also was the, like, no, also we, the Predator. Should... And the Predator, right, yeah. Oh, dude, but Monster Squad's better. For... I, lo- I can't say that. I love the Predator. Um, but he was a, he was the person that came up with the, the idea. The Predator was horrible. He's, wait, wait the, the Predator was horrible. You say, I love the Predator? No, he didn't. Wait, he's 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 credited as writing the Predator. Yeah, he co-wrote it with Shane Black, and then Shane Black directed it. Yeah, I love the Predator. He's <laughs> horrible. No, I actually do love the first third of the Predator a lot. Oh, okay. Well, this... we talk about this in our Predator spoiler cast, but yeah, the first so third of the movie is really good. Predator versus autism, fucking great idea. It, it was it was a great it was a great spoiler cast. Um, but anyways, it was his idea to do ninety six, and I love that that it has that harsh hard edge feel that like a Shane Black Fred Decker film I guess would have to kind of be like yeah let's put it in this interesting setting but let's also kind of really stir the pot with this movie by like giving these characters like a real backstory rather than just telling us they had a backstory let's just see a little bit of that setup because it isn't Star Wars the movie wouldn't work without it honestly exactly it's not Star Wars where like you can talk about the Clone Wars and like you're like oh wars ooh that's a lot of stuff I'm sure that you can't put that into one movie but Two people having animosity towards each other and kind of a rivalry. You can easily set that up in a prologue. It's like, so it's like eight minutes, maybe the whole thing. That that also. But it's great eight minutes. Yeah, it really is awesome. Well, no, it, it, it's it's this is this is what I'm saying. This is an efficient movie. Like that's why it it's is. memorable. And that's why it gets dissected. And that's why I I still gonna continue on with other uh, parallels to to reality. But uh, we never gave our boys for Demolition Man. I'm gonna get. I'll give it five out of five. Honestly. Nice. I gave it four out of five. It was not uh, a film that like I liked compared to like other things I saw at that time. Um, I, there are other movies that are if I hold way higher up than Demolition Man, but I I remember enjoying Demolition Man as a kid and being like, this is hokey, but it works. I feel like I was still at the, the that age, like eleven, where like I think I saw you know I saw it as a kid and in, in theaters and uh, it was just R rated enough. Like where I felt like I was getting away with something, because T two is the greatest like get into an R rated movie at that age kind of thing. But oh my god, yeah. no tits and no. True Lies, you know, had sexual stuff that was later, and also it was it was Jamie Lee Curtis, and it was she didn't even show her tits. So uh, the the fucking what fifteen frames of tits that are in this movie are fucking great, and I appreciate that they're in it. And that that that's what that's that extra half a boy that gets it up to five boys for me. Yeah, and those tits aren't Sandra's tits. No, they're not. You don't see. Well, Sandra's never shown her tits, has she? I don't. No, I think she has in some like Amazonian film or some shit. It's like it's like called like Amazon Fire or something. But like, um, uh, and it's really a early. portrait it's like, of an Amazon on fire. Something like that. Um, but no. uh, <laughs> a there's movie. tits in this movie that are from Sandra's character, not necessarily Sandra's tits. In the VR scene, you you get flashes of boobs. I don't think you do. Do you? I watch you it very oh, yeah. carefully. Oh yeah, you get fla- you get maybe like fifteen frames of boobs tops, but you get boobs. All right. Well, okay. so the other th- the other thing I just want to say before I forget is uh, I texted this that uh, all right. I get that in nineteen ninety three, they thought after the, the riots, like we said, uh, they they thought like maybe in three years L A will just be fucking a crazy fucking Somalian war zone, uh, but but nobody was even like near any big breakthroughs in cryogenics. Why would it, why would cryogenics not only be invented but implemented at least in a uh, 
prototype kind of level in, mm-hmm. in like law enforcement to, to freeze people. That I, I, the timing is wrong in two places. 1986 is way too close, and then the the amount of time it would take to to get to the uh, world of Demolition Man, the future, where like nobody even like what's violence? Nobody has even a concept of like. That's not what Star Wars taught us. They don't remember even fucking Jedi's after 15 years. Yeah, but the way of life generally is the same. Like everything, more or less, looks to like Star Wars. This is a total. This is a total change of society to the point where people don't even have a concept of violence. But like, you know, the police chief is like violence. What's that? And he, but he's like 50, so he would have been been around in the uh, 38 years. He he would remember the shit. So, yeah, but that's not because he doesn't remember it. It's because he's been brainwashed over X amount of years. And, you know, I think I think everyone's been brainwashed. Everyone, is, in a way, is dumb and, and using, like, you know, uh, uh, fucking newspeak. And, I mean, like, they can't even swear in this Well, it's world. more plausible now than, than, well, than, it was, well, than it was back. Like, when I used – like, I watched this, you know, last in, like, 2011. Like, society could never change so radically in 30 years. But now I'm just like, oh, yeah, I have to – I put my fucking pronouns in my bio. Otherwise, I'll get doxxed. Yeah. Fucking uh, canceled. Orwell posited – I thought in 1984, if I, re- if I remember this right, I thought he posited the idea that as soon as you start to just slightly change language, right, you start to censor language yeah. and manipulate language oh, yeah. and force language onto people, you can immediately brainwash an entire public. And they use entirely different, like, vernacular and language in Demolition Man. It is more yeah. plausible. I still think at least the prologue should have been set more than three years in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that. Yes, for sure. Um, but it was cool. And then, you know, you get, like, this cryogenic sequence where Stallone is, like, gets naked and then squirms around in fucking Nuru gel for a while before he fucking freezes. <laughs> yeah, KOI. It's KOI. But what was cool is that they, like, did, like, a, a wax like version of him or something right to make a dummy and they had to do his balls clearly because they like they make sure you get like out of focus ice nuts yeah like i it, you see clear ice stickle in this movie and it was i think maybe been the first time in my life as a kid when i saw this movie i saw ice stickle like i was like holy shit that's that's stallone's dick and then it was maybe a few years after that it that might not like, be though it might just be a yeah a model because it's i mean he no, was, stallone didn't get stallone. encased in fucking like lucite for you know a shooting day but he's naked squirming around in there for a while and then he he tries to make it so he's tucked up and everything but that's I, a double I'm, that's a double we'll i'll see well i, I watch this movie in blu-ray quality and I, I have to say it is very visible how many stunt doubles there are in the movie for for, for, oh, for, see, for Wesley and I watched and, and the DVD slide. quality. I watched 480. Yeah, that's the way to watch it, really. Yeah. Well, okay. I, we need. We're, we're after the post prologue. We move into the future, and at this point, I, I have to. August third, twenty thirty two. In the day, and the whole movie takes place between two days: August third and August fourth. That's interesting. It does have a short time scale. That's, that, that I, I do like yep. when movies take place over like two days max. It, yeah. it gives a certain urgency. Um, or, or wait, wait, what was it? A uh, Resistance of Skywalker or whatever the fucking movie was called. We were just trying to figure it out. <laughs> Rise of it's not. It's like nineteen hours total. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a ten hour. It's like ten hours of, of content. Yeah. I always <laughs> like assume it took Luke happened. like like uh, like ten hours in his X wing to get to Dagobah, but uh, yeah. people are just fucking zipping back and forth from planets in that movie, and it's like we've got an hour and a half left, and like nobody ever uses like Earth time in Star Wars up to that point and all of a sudden it's like 19 hours so like what the fuck's an hour in Star Wars yeah, hour is 124th of the fucking rotation of the earth why would you even be talking about hours 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would be like it would be like the way M- the Martian did souls, right? Versus days and it would, they'd have their own variation of 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 nu- numeric counting, their own metric. That's why it's Stardate like, in the future. But, but yeah, exactly. That's why it's Stardate. But what's great about the Star Wars moment if anything is just like it is so fucking fast-paced and it all stems from the line of the emperor's back somehow. <laughs> ah, that that <laughs> That's hilarious. Poor, poor JJ. He was just like, you got to make two movies and put them in one movie. <laughs> poor Oscar Isaac, who had to say that line and try to sell it. <laughs> yeah. After having this to completely play a different character in the previous movie. Yeah. So we blow that oh one up? <laughs> Why is no one listening to me? All right. I have to. So, so before we move into the future, I have to ask you. Uh, okay, in the future of Demolition Man, everything we know is local. The, the, it's uh, San Angeles, which is uh, San Bernardino, Los Angeles, maybe out to Pasadena, and then all the way down to San Diego is this new new government. Yeah. That's a local government. Which There's, was, I think, the naming convention they were going to use for Blade Runner, and since they didn't use it for Blade Runner, they just called it Los Angeles in the end. Uh, that's why Demolition Man picked it up. Well, I mean, there's only so many ways you can combine those words. Like, say, San Andreas. Like, there's only yeah. so many variations of, like, a, a fictionalized future Los Angeles Dude, area. okay. So, the the warden's name is essentially William Smithers or something, but it's, like, practically Wayland Smithers. And then at San Angeles, I thought, I was like, is that, they say San Andreas? Did they say Wayland Smithers? At one point, I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Did I enter some Nelson Mandela version of this fucking movie? It was, it was, no, but no, it wasn't. I was just really high. I think my window actually is open. <laughs> I'm gonna check that real fast at the end of the time. Well, I, I gotta say, Stallone's body and dick are in peak shape for this fucking movie, and Wesley is a tour de force and a genius for this film. I Literally, I heard he was rehearsing his lines in Spanish while making this movie, and that's why that scene gets put in there when he meets the warden, and he starts saying everything the warden's saying in Spanish, and the warden gets all frustrated. He's like, shut up, or whatever. Wait, really? I that's thought... because Wesley was really doing that on set. I, th- I, 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 I thought that that was establishing that he he's like realizing all of a sudden he knows how to speak spanish just setting up like, like he's had all this new uh new skills implanted in him like yeah, hacking he got, like and matrix combat. he got matrix downloaded or something yeah shit. i thought, I thought that was spanish. him realizing that he could speak spanish all of a sudden and, i know kung fu and then of course the, the next thing he does is use the he knows the password uh, because there's an audio password to unlock the cuffs and that's how he escapes but all right, we, before we get too far into the future, I do have to establish because I'm going to be talking about this. So I just established San, uh, San Angeles is uh, more or less a local government, you know, of covering like an eighth of California or something like that. Um, versus, you know, typically when we talk about dystopians and the modern day dystopians, talk about something global <laughs> that encompasses uh, the first world first, and then of course we'll recolonize the third world. Uh, do you know what Agenda 2030 is? No. It's a theory, I believe, since the 90s uh, that uh, so at the Davos uh, Switzerland conferences where like world leaders and fucking basically the Illuminati meets and just like fucking comes up with like plans on how to fix everything and transform the world. Uh, the idea is that they created something called Agenda 2030, which is a 20. I have a link for it, of course. But it, the idea is that so, there's shit I want to talk about so badly. We have to wait till we're off air. This is this agenda. I I, seriously, literally, there's. I the reason why it took me so long to say no is because the answer is actually maybe yes, but I can't talk about any of it on air. 
Okay, so you probably have heard of it. But I'm just reading from the actual fucking United Nations website. Because uh, there is a front-facing version of like 20... It's, like, it's an official UN thing. It's just like how uh, Build Back Better just happens to be like on every podium and behind every like world leader right. and Bill Gates and all these fucking people. Why are you all using the same slogan? Yeah, why is the UN using Build Back Better? Why is Biden and Kamala Harris using Build Back Better? And why do they keep coming up with these far these goals, you know, for 2030? Uh, this, ag- this agenda is a plan of action for people, planet, and prosperity. It also seeks to strengthen universal peace in larger freedom. What? That sounds like Soros. That sounds like Soros. <laughs> He's a big part of it. We recognize that ex- eradicating poverty in all its forms and dimensions, including extreme poverty, is the greatest global challenge and indispensably, uh, in- and an indispensable requirement for sustainable development. All That's con- literally what Soros believes in, just so you know. Like, he, he believes in peace. Like, obviously, people put a negative spin on it, but he believes in peace. He's a fucking survivor of the Holocaust. Yeah. Even uh, though some people think he's actually was brainwashed by Nazis. Okay. Um, Paul, Do you not know that? I've, I've, I've heard these things. I've never put much stock in, in them, but I do think he has a, uh, a oh, vision so, for so, the world in the ear of a lot of other powerful people. Apparently, not only when he was like, you know, a, a prisoner of war type of deal uh, with the Nazis, but there was a period where people believe he literally was was brainwashed and that he is continuing to enact their agenda. And some people believe that Obama is actually anti-Nazi because of the way he ended NASA. Some people believe that Obama is pro-Nazi because of the way that he, quote unquote, made NASA more silent in the background. Because NASA is just America's Nazi agenda. I think they're more like the engineering and development wing of it. They are. Oh yeah, they're the they're the intelligent scientists from the Nazi agenda being brought over Operation Paperclip to the United States to help us out with some uh you know well, some, yeah. some, some some rockets. I mean the <laughs> idea that like uh like if there is a planned goal, like there will be technology needed to uh, to do that. One of the technologies that I have on this this list is a good time to get to it. Is uh, the UN has now a uh, a, a uh, basically a biometric ID for all of its employees. It's rolling it out for first, like which you you in like you know the, worldwide they have employees everywhere. And oh uh, my the God. idea that they're all they're all gonna have so it's tied to like their bank account. It's like What would Simon Phoenix say to that, Felk? Why don't you just shove a leash up my ass? <laughs> uh <laughs> well, like and as far as I understand, it's like biometric to the point where like so it doesn't just mean anything. It means like your fingerprints, your irises, your fucking you know all, all that, that stuff that gets scanned that's in addition to those things, that biometrics. I mean, it's a factor in uh Mission Impossible Rogue Nation that like that's why uh, Benji yep. couldn't wear a mask because he couldn't f- get through the biometric scanner so uh, like that and that shit's using for an ID that the UN's just rolling out all this new technology and shit just for their employees no I think it's uh, I think that's the trial run and then it goes and in this movie everyone has a locator chip that allows them to be located at all times of course everyone but Simon well yeah because they didn't they didn't bother putting one in but but you know because he wasn't paroled officially he just escaped but then when they parole uh John Spartan they 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 put it in him and it's like oh it's also your digital wallet that's and that's where he's like well oh you know uh 
That'll slow Simon Phoenix down unless he rips someone's hand out off. Hope he doesn't figure that one out. People are going to rip off people's hands for this fucking yep. UN shit. We're all going to have locator chips in us. That's the. I mean, if somebody just said right before the vaccine came out, oh, by the way, there's like a fucking little like pellet thing. It just helps the vaccine, you know, locate you <laughs> where you are uh, at all times. So we don't have a young Jamie, but so we have no way to prove this. But I swear to God, I recall hearing uh, months ago that Bill Gates was talking about that maybe his vaccine would actually ha have like a nano chip in it. There's even a part in the uh, the uh, Alex Jones, uh, Joe Rogan thing where he's like, well, I don't want all my theories like credibility to rest on Jamie's ability to find articles about them. Yeah, it's true. But he was on point that episode. He did a good that. job. It's it's not an easy job. I've tried to do it live, and it's hard. You gotta Google. <laughs> you gotta summarize the Googles and read the Googles. Yeah, I think it's a lot of its intuition, and I think Jamie has really good intuition to kind of know where they're going with the conversation and to kind of start looking up before they they need to ask. So he's kind of already halfway through the process, or he already has the article to go. Yeah. Um, well, just so because we already touched on it, just to, to move yeah. forward. Uh, so yeah, I did establish that this this world has a new world order creator, grand architect, uh, Ra Doctor Raymond Cocteau, uh, who also owns the cryogenic prisons. Um, and I think the logical parallel to him is not, of course, Joe Biden. Even though you joke about this, Joe Biden's America. Joe Biden doesn't know where he is right now. If you told them you're in Phoenix, he just walked up to Joe Biden's like, "Hey, you having a great time here in Phoenix?" He'd be like, "Phoenix is the best. You could be anywhere." He'd be like, "I'm in Phoenix, I guess." Uh, so he's not an architect, but uh, I think George—he's more of a puppet. But at this point, uh, George Soros seems to be the. If you had to pick a singular name as the head of the secret society of thousands of people who are the heads of other things, he seems to be the most uh, reasonable name. Well, yeah, it's it's him on on the liberal side and like the Koch brothers on like the you know conservative side, yeah, right? That's that's Soros and the Koch brothers are fucking in the same meetings, wearing the same yeah. fucking dark cloaks. It's yeah. all fucking. It's all the same fucking establishment. This idea that there was, you know, the 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 Bush fucking world, and there was the fucking I guess it was John Kerry at the time. Oh yeah. Fucking Bush versus John Kerry. Oh, hey, by the way, they're both part of the same secret society from Yale, and they both yeah. have the exact same plan on continuing the war in Iraq. The difference is Bush will continue to be like, yes, this is necessary, and we're doing it, and it's for America, and John Kerry will be like, well, we have to slowly bring our troops back. We can't cause escalations mm -hmm. and everything. You know, like, we all fucking really thought Obama was going to end the war in Iraq, and he'd... I mean, we some people got home, but more people went, were sent. It's like it, it's all fucking one organization. But and this will complete my trifecta of the parallels here. Uh, there, there is uh, Trump is not John Spartan. If this is a parable for modern day, obviously he's a uh, he's clearly Dennis Leary because those are the deplorables. I forget what do they call them? Like scavengers, scrats? They call them something like. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, no, they're not called scavengers, but what are they called? They're called like scrappers or something like Scrap, that. Scraps, something like that. Yeah, they have a they yeah. have a they have a name. Just as the deplorables, the Tea Partiers, who Obama thought said were kind of domestic terrorists, even though they had never done a single thing that was violent, uh, and basically were just hold, upholding the exact same views that the the nation was founded under. Wasteland uh, scraps. Wasteland scraps. scraps. Okay, yeah. That that I I feel like like. 
when I was uh, rewatching this movie and they go underground and we see the uh, the wasteland scraps, the Dennis Leary's uh, world, Edgar Friendly's, you know, commune of the uh, the people. I just kept thinking of like Parlor <laughs> instead of Twitter. What's Parlor. Parlor's the fucking free speech right wing. My wife to literally asked me today, "Do you think Felk's on Parlor?" And I said, "I don't know. I'm busy." I read Parlor. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I, I subscribe to people on Parlor, but for most part, Parlor is just ret- the, the, like. What they, these people tweet is also on Parler, but occasionally you get to see the things that you know aren't, aren't there. Also, you can see Trump's tweets without having this. <laughs> this tweet is disputed about uh, is disputed by more credible sources, like under every fucking thing he tweets. Now. What the fuck is Parler? Parler's just uh, a free speech uh, Twitter. It's not right wing or left wing, but it is getting a right wing base. But of course, it also is as a result. Also, gets I think like Antifa started using it too because they're like, oh, they don't, they won't censor us like Twitter did. So uh, there, there's all kinds. But it's just a uh, the scraps. It's just a Twitter that doesn't it? doesn't censor anything. Um, and and just like that whole like, you know, we have to start our own Facebook because there's a that's called locals. Uh, like mm-hmm. there's there's a alternative media. That's being populated by the "quote unquote" deplorables, and that—that's just the metaphor for, or, or what I feel like the, that part in uh, Demolition Man, the, the idea of Dennis Leary's team, is uh, his group is uh, kind of a metaphor for is the people who had to be forced out of polite society, you know, had to make the movies that aren't going to win any Oscar documentaries or stuff like that. Um, I, I it, it just seems like. At the time, obviously, the movie they didn't really like. The movie doesn't really predict the internet. There are Skype calls, but outside of that, it, and, and of course, the, there's the little unit. It does predict the internet. It just predicts it as internet ATMs. The Compu kiosks are like internet. Yeah, but people I mean, are still like, using laser discs. In the, in the movie, you mean? Yeah, yeah. There's there's the he gets video on a disc, and of course, Sandra Bullock talks about watching movies on laser disc. So, laser disc. Yeah, but the only way you could be able to like get information on a gun that exists and all the parts about it and where to find that would be like an internet like place, and that's what the Compu kiosk did for Simon Phoenix. No, it just told him that they were at the museum. Right. Well, yeah, but like it told him about guns and shit. Yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely an. I, I mean, there, the internet kind of existed in 1993. Uh, it was like a Wikipedia kiosk, honestly. Yeah. It was like, it was like focused information only, right? I guess. I guess not really, because it had stuff about, like, you know, joy-joy feelings and shit. Well, my point is is that the movie wouldn't have predicted how much of culture moved onto the internet. And, and, and no. uh, that's why they take a more literal, physical approach to the, you know, the, the canceling, the, the idea of the canceled. Rather than having their own fucking uh, versions of Facebook and Twitter and stuff, they actually literally live underground, of course. The plurables aren't literally living underground. They're just having to fucking download Parler instead of Twitter, so they don't mm-hmm. get you know their sens- their views censored on like you know transgender children and what have you. But yeah, th- yeah, those are, those are the, the three core parallels. You know that the idea that Simon Phoenix is Antifa, of course, egged on and uh, emboldened by the New World Order creator until it turns against them, sort of. Which uh, that part still hasn't happened yet. And of course, the parallels with the the new order that I was talking about. But basically, the agenda twenty thirty thing. Uh, part of its theory was at some point before twenty thirty, years before, because this is from like the nineties or maybe even earlier. Uh, it was the idea that like ninety percent of the population would have to be wiped out by a global catastrophe, and in the you know, but in between when uh, 
the the gap with the jump forward in Demolition Man, you, you find out that there was an earthquake in 2010. Is what killed the. Uh, John Spartan's wife. Uh, a big one, they call it. The yeah, big the big one. one. This is a, that, that would be local, obviously, and ca- allowing for a reset of that area, the Los Angeles and down the San Diego area. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, my God, Demolition Man called it because there was a huge earthquake in 2010. Wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> no, there was, there was. It was in Haiti. It was a 7.0. Oh, but not in Los, Los Angeles. Well, my point is, is that – um, my point is, is that like that, that would or be if a, there was it wasn't seven. That would be a local catastrophe that would allow for a a, re- a, a great reset of that specific area. But if you want, if we're thinking about this in terms of a global area, like a global agenda, uh, you would need something that would globally uh, decimate a huge uh, portion of the the population. And uh, I don't, I, I can you think of anything that might decimate a percentage globally of the population? A oh, pan, pandemic, a pandemic yeah. perhaps, because yeah. that was like that was, yeah. So the the agenda twenty thirty theory has that like that like they're great. They called it the Great Reset, which is now another fucking term that's been been like part of conspiracy theories for twenty years. And all of a sudden, like Justin Trudeau is like, we then we have an opportunity for a Great Reset. It's like, are they fucking just fucking up and accidentally saying the things that they know they're not supposed to say in public, and just being like, all right, that's our slogan now, and everyone's oh, yeah, like, for sure. but Great Resets from a conspiracy theory where you're going to kill like ninety percent of the population with a pandemic, or you know, m- more likely, kind of like with the. Uh, the Bush administration really wanting to invade Iraq. And then all of a sudden nine 11 happens. And it's like, Hey, we have the documents ready to go. We have the Patriot act already written. Let's put it through three days later mm-hmm. or whatever. Like it's a situation where like, they don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But if you look how much Bill Gates has talked about pandemics, it really seems like there was a plan to start doing shit as soon as a plan, as, as any pandemic happened. And because we don't know how many people died in the, great earthquake that allowed for San Angeles to be created, but it was probably a significant, like 50%, 30%. Like it would have to be a large percentage to then be able to completely rebuild society from the ground up. And by the same you know, token, the, the uh, agenda 2030 theory that like it was supposed to, the you know, pandemic ideally would wipe out like 90% of the population. And then the 10%, we would be able to completely reeducate and completely build a new society where socialism is great and all that shit. We're, we're global socialism. I love right? this, Felk. Where was this, Felk, and all these other spoiler casts? You figured out a way to get two things I love, action movies and conspiracy theories, and put them into one spoiler cast. This is the best. My, my point is, I feel, just like the... I honestly I, feel like more of an audience member this time, because I'm like just excited to hear you on all this shit. Just, okay, well, my point is that just like... Thank you very much. But my point is, is that just like with the Iraq war being something that was already kind of ready to go, but they just needed an excuse, and then 9-11 happens, and it's like, oh, Saddam was totally involved, even though we have no evidence of that, but that'll get everybody on board. It, basically, you have a bunch of plans, and those plans require big things to happen. And it kind of fucking feels like when <laughs> COVID came to America in March... You think? It kind of feels like there was already a plan to fucking shut down shit and restructure society. But then, and of course, look, a lot of people, 260,000 Americans have died from COVID. Uh, 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 probably more than 50% of those actually died of COVID. Uh, maybe, who knows what percentage. But a lot of them, you know, obviously died of old age or cancer and also the complications from COVID and were discounted as COVID. But a lot of people, thousands, maybe 100,000, lots of people have died worldwide. Hundreds of thousands of people have died from this thing. But 
I kind of feel like the plans that were enacted when all this happened were called for a virus that's closer to what we saw in like contagion where it kills off like half the people who get it or I forget what the yeah. actual kill rate was like 80% of the people who get it die from it. So it was and insane. It, and it's extremely, it, it, it's, it's extremely deadly and spreads so fast. And, and yeah. COVID's more like a, like a three times as bad flu. It's fucking it's, up it's a lot of people. It's lining up to be perfectly identical to the Spanish flu. But Yeah, exactly. But, but so maybe it's, it, it's just, it, it feels like it underperformed. And as a result, we have governors still shutting down restaurants, even though it's based on a report that dealt with indoor dining in restaurants. And we don't have that in the state. Because it, it just seems like the, the decisions aren't based on the science. But then, of course, you do have people who are like, COVID's not real. Nobody, like, there's no virus at all. And it's like, well, that, that's not true either. So right. th there's clearly a reality that's not being uh, echoed by either the conspiracy theorists uh, who are completely against it or the government officials who are in charge of, you know, shutting yeah. down or not shutting but down. But also, Felk, your reality that you're you're transcribing here in front of me and all this shit, right? Like it's, it's, it, it's a reality that's also not being described to the public. Right. I mean, like there isn't people being like, you know, moderately basing the conspiracy theories into what seems to be accurate and, and portrayed properly into our situation that you can look at and go, wow, it kind of matches up. That's kind of odd. And, and earlier you mentioned this, the Great Reset, right? And then and then you have people, you said Trudeau uh, mentioned the Great Reset uh, yeah. by name, essentially in a speech or something, right? In some kind of address. And, and it, yeah, because there's been enough disinformation out there that it's, A, no one's going to care even if they hear it, and B, those that do care, it's a little fuck you to them. So they're like, God damn it, see, I am right. But, like, no one's still going to listen to you, psycho, because you're a fucking conspiracy theorist. And people think the word conspiracy, they immediately think you're an idiot. And you're just, like, don't care and you're uneducated. But the reality is, is that, like, I mean, these things are probably fucking real to some extent. There is definitely no question that the all the king's men, all power or absolute power corrupts absolutely – and, and there are people with power right now, and they have been given, in a sense, absolute power in all, on all purposes, at least when it comes to California government um, and you know, United States government, you know, throughout the, all the states. It's been a constant, um, like, it's been a constant, like, situation where I'm just being like, I didn't know they could do that. I, no, I, I they, thought they and, couldn't and, do that. And they can't necessarily. And there's, and I forget exactly what it was, but, like, Newsom got pushed back on something i forget what it was recently and it was like an example of him still trying to go a little too far and he had essentially i forget what it was it was something it was covid related but it wasn't french laundry it was the dinner like, you mean or no it was not the dinner it was like something where like the, like the actual like you know court was like you can't do that like you can't actually do oh that. yeah it was you a low yeah well like so many restaurant owners were so it was it was one of the restaurant owners suing the state because it was just a decision that made from the, the, the judge who said like no this okay. is this is he's what he's doing is not constitutional you own right, the restaurant. And that was the only one. It's the there's only one thing like that that's happened so far in California. No, no, there's been other things. The sheriffs are, are defying no, the new there's orders. There's only one where there's someone that actually like got the judge to back them against the state. But otherwise, people have tried and no one's actually gotten through because everything's been backed by the, the 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 courts. But yeah, the sheriffs have the sheriffs in Fresno, I think Orange County and Sacramento, have all stated that they will not enforce any of the Thanksgiving 
um, you know, yeah, or, or limit, the, limit your households and all that sh- shit. They're not gonna like go into people's houses and break up Thanksgiving dinners. Or, By the way, this episode or, will be airing the day after Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving! America. Happy Thanksgiving, Cool Boy Nation. Uh, wait, what were you, what were you just saying? <laughs> Fuck. About the Great Reset, or about uh, the uh, Newsom and Thanksgiving, and or sheriffs. Uh. Hold on, the reset that. is well. The idea about the Great Reset I was mentioning, I guess we got a little off of, is just that um, it's a nice fuck you to those that like you know have been constantly uh, plagued by disinformation. No, oh. um, uh, kind of fucking them over, and so it's a great way to be like, see, we're using that wording. Yeah, did they fuck up for sure? When you have that many people trying to keep a secret, someone's gonna slip up. That's the other thing that always gets me. People are always like, if there's this many people holding on to a secret though, like the New World Order or aliens or whatever the fuck. You would think that, like, it would get out there. Well, yeah, it does get out there. And then disinformation gets out there, too, or character assassination gets out there, too, to discredit people. So, like, it, it the, the secrets do slip up. It's very rare that the secrets are credited or, or that the conspiracies are credited or that the things that match up with the conspiracy are credited. Commander David Fravor is an example <laughs> of someone crediting the alien conspiracy, a UFO conspiracy, right? Yeah, by that, he, he might not be completely... No, he is. I, 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 I don't know if he's completely there. I, I want to bring it back to what I was get, trying, trying to Demolition remember. Demolition man. What I was going to say. Um, you were talking about so the sheriff saying, like, we're not going to enforce all this fucking Thanksgiving shit because they need warrants to get into people's homes. To, yes. Uh, but uh, they also uh, said they're not going to enforce uh, the curfew at 10 p.m. Uh, because right. they're, and will not be taking any calls related to uh, masks or social gatherings because they're like, Actual theft is, like, way up, like, 400%, so we're kind of busy. By the way, we watched Contagion, we watched Contagion, and you were like, hey, Ballard, look at this scene where someone's being shot in their home and theft's going on. It's, like, 30 days into the pandemic. That's not happening yet. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, we're a few months into it now, and you've seen shit like that. No, we're we're fucking nine months into this pandemic. Yeah, we're months into it. Yeah, no, it, it was happening way too soon. Is my point? It was, but we finally got to the point where we're getting like. Yeah, no, no. Raves. My my only criticism was the the timing of it. That the timing didn't feel realistic. Nor did the fact that the the, the WHO was like, uh, like the heroes of the fucking movie. But no, my point is that they they're not enforcing the curfew. And in Demolition Man, they mentioned that there is a nightly curfew. And this just yep. strengthens my theory that, again, this shit has been in the works for a long fucking time. This isn't our mm-hmm. first cur- curfew. Obviously, we had curfews for the riots, too. Uh, but the idea of like getting us used to the idea of nightly curfews has been in the works for a long time. And Demolition oh, yeah. Man knew about it. And another thing, just to, to tie it back to what's happening right now, is that in so the world is created uh, of Demolition Man by uh, Dr. Raymond Cocteau. He yeah. is the owner of the fucking cryogenic prisons. Yeah. And who's about to be our vice president? <laughs> Kamala. Or is that one one senator called her, whatever it was? It was Kamala. Kamala, Mala, Mala. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Such an asshole. What a dick. In the, in the movie, they make a point of the fact that cryogenic prisons are like, like cocktails, like, they're great. It's nice. You just take a nap. And, and Stallone's like, I was awake the entire time and screaming, and it was horrible. It was a fucking nightmare. It's like, oh, this is kind of like how like Los Angeles acts like it has the best prison system in fucking America, and it has like basically slave labor. <laughs> I mean, California. Yep. Sorry, she was. Uh, but did they also but... say in the movie like the uh, the cryo like uh, prisons and the cryo cons like they stopped doing that because they realized that it was so antiquated and it was not a good idea, so they stopped doing it. No, they were still freezing people. 
I thought they said that they were they essentially put they ended it after a certain point. And well, I think at this point, still, they, yeah, the, nobody breaks. But the they law still anymore. had frozen people, so they had to keep keep the prison going and existing because they had fr- frozen cryocons, right? But they 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 stopped the process of freezing people. I don't know. If they I thought they stopped it because, like they said, they haven't there hasn't been a murder in thirty years or whatever. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah, right? they they that's haven't had sense. anyone commit a crime that would require them. That's why they stopped it. It wasn't like dude. A, there's something else going on, man. When you fucking here's the thing, Oregon just like decriminalized every single drug under the sun. So maybe that's what Demolition Man like didn't show us. It was that part where they are completely like 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 minimizing their their public. Uh, and uh, gatherings and and uh, and and rioting and protests and you know whatever and assemblies because everyone is doped the fuck up. Yeah, that's something the movie doesn't quite get get right. Uh, is is the idea that like everything bad, like salt being banned for you and all everything. Yeah, that that didn't really pan out. I mean, there's like par- like parodies of this is in a, in a. Like Parks and Recreation. Austin has Powers. Like, well, no, no. I'm talking about uh, government regulation in terms of like what's Oh, not bad the cryo only? What's <laughs> bad, not the cryo tubes. I'm talking about like the salt being banned, tobacco, cigarettes are banned. Uh, whereas in reality, we're entering the new world order in the most leftist states like Oregon are just saying like heroin should be decriminalized now. It's still legal to be a heroin no. dealer, but if you get caught with heroin as a heroin addict, we'll put you in rehab uh, rather than put you in prisons, uh, which is... Honestly, Great. I like that to be honest. Well, yeah, but it's it's harder to put somebody who's in rehab to uh, work uh, making you know like shit. And the the only way that America compete with the the slave labor of China is to have slave labor in the uh, prison system, Kamala. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it like it seems like they're going to start criminalizing a lot of shit soon. You know. Um, I guess that's another parallel is the uh, you were fine one credit uh, running gag throughout the entire movie is the idea that uh, saying fuck and shit. Like another thing the movie kind of gets right but also gets kind of wrong is is uh, that nanny state concept of like you'll be able to, you will definitely be able to say fuck and shit and cunt all you want in the future. But say uh, tranny <laughs> Or, oh yeah, no, it's just Newspeak, right? It's it's 1984 Newspeak. It's it's double good morning. It's it's the idea, but like it exists already. Like people talk about that as if it's women, like something women coming. with an X. Have you seen that before? You've seen Latin X, of course. Uh, no, but I've not seen woman with an X. No. That, that's because obviously the fact that the word woman still is derived from men, so spelling it W M X N. Okay, I I actually know like a fair amount of Hispanic people. None of them use and, Latin X. And and I know Chileans, I know uh, Argentinians, I know Venezuelans, Ecuadorians, and Mexicans, and and, and none of them like the term Latin. Yeah, but I know a lot of white people who are claimed to be a quarter or a sixteenth right. Hispanic who are like I I identify with Latinx and gender it's, queer I don't understand it. and transhuman. <laughs> hey, if you want to be called Latinx and you're, you're barely even Latin, I, whatever, I'll I'll call you Latinx, I guess. But like. You know, I haven't come across a person yet who who prefers it. Um, but that being said, uh, um, that that was the funniest the, thing about the election was the amount of fucking quote unquote Latinx people that just massively swing for Trump. And it was just like, oh Latinx. fuck, they they realized like, oh, 
I guess they don't. I guess Hispanics don't like being called Latinx. Was the uh, leftist uh, t- takeaway? And it's like but no, no right. dipshits. They never liked being called Hispanics because they're not Hispanic. They're Mexican or Cuban or so- yeah. or Venezuelan. They're all fucking yep. different. Like it, it, it's basically being like, oh, you're a Ching Chong Chinaman to a, to a fucking Korean person or a Japanese. You're, person. Asian. you're Asian. Yeah, it's Korean. like yeah. no, there's no such thing. They fucking all see each other differently. Yep. Oh yeah, like um. I have I have a few friends that are Korean and they fucking are very racist. Yeah, the fact that like I, I'm, you know, <laughs> they're very racist. They really are. Neither they're of really us. Nice. I, I said they're I said really earlier nice like I, I'm I'm mostly Slavic. You're half Jewish. Neither of us would be considered white in 1945. Yet, the, oh, yeah. that yeah. that just keeps growing and growing. And now they're at yeah. the point where like they're looking at like college admission records and being like, oh, Asians are doing better than whites. They're white now too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's just all this fucking reordering and shit, and and yeah, all the words that will be banned in the future have it's nothing. Words. It's, right. it's not it's not like in Demolition Man where you can't just say fuck or shit. Fucking shit are no, totally it's like, fine. No, I was like I was saying like on YouTube as of right now on YouTube we're not on YouTube anymore really, um, but like on YouTube like if you say coronavirus or COVID your video is demonetized. Yeah. <laughs> so so people so like I, like Andy Signor on Popcorn Planner whatever the fuck he'll say something like he'll call it Bud Light and I know other a lot of other people will refer to it as Bud Light so they don't get demonetized but that's already a form of newspeak. Like, don't say the virus that exists that's actually the pandemic or your video will be demonetized. Is it, like, wait, how? coronavirus? I thought it was saying China virus or Wuhan no. virus. I think it's literally coronavirus or COVID because, like, people literally will not say that. They'll say Bud Light instead when they're referring to those things. That's That, um, that might – well, de- demonetization is more about like, whether the content's for adults, so maybe this is the content of the coronavirus. Maybe. Obviously, you can tweet coronavirus and, algorithms and COVID-19 out there that are, you are, are looking for certain words and then silencing your video or silencing your ability to make money because you said a certain word. Well, Twitter has specifically – like, if you say China virus or Wuhan right. virus or uh, CCCP virus, uh, it, it'll be like, no one can see this tweet. You can call it what COVID-19. What the fuck is wrong with people, dude? Okay, first of all, everyone's all like, it's so racist when you say Kung flu or China virus. It was not racist in the 60s to say the Hong Kong flu, which is what they called it in the 60s when, when they got it in the United the States. The Spanish flu didn't Hong even come Kong. from Spain. so The I mean, Spanish flu didn't even come from Spain. The Spanish king actually got really badly sick, and because he got badly sick, people just associated the, fil- the flu with calling it the Spanish flu. Facts. But it was it actually like originated, I think, somewhere in like fucking like England or something shit like it, it, it it's it's not about racism about naming where the virus comes from i mean honestly calling it the wuhan flu it would be is not racist like that's not racist calling it kung flu yeah that's racist but that's also fucking funny like <laughs> like I, I i don't i don't understand that the china virus i get under, that's just trump trying to distance the united states from it but but like saying like Someone calling it the Wuhan flu and saying that's fu- that's fucking racist. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, like that's not racist. That's fucking calling a region or a city or an area where it came from and then labeling it that. And more specifically, so understand that associating blame with the Chinese government. I think that's important to do. And if you think that's racist, yes, you you you. I, I think that's telling a little too much to say like you can't do that. That's racist. Like, well, no, it's a country with a government that we're criticizing for you know lying to other governments the only way you can really have a problem with that is if you believe there should all be one big government and obviously the the chinese government's gonna be a big part of creating that new one dude that's the thing that joss Whedon got right with firefly and serenity i guess yeah everyone Um, has to speak mandarin 
yeah, that everyone had to like essentially know English and Mandarin, right? And the whole world was a was a combination. Yeah, of well, uh, yeah, uh, what what movie? Looper, uh, the, by the the fucking Looper. best director ever, Ryan Johnson. Of course, had a script where it was like the future's all stuff's all set in uh, I think Paris, Ryan Johnson France. Is a great director. And, and then, he just, and, no, he's not a bad director. But then uh, he's, of course, he's a, I think he's a great director. I actually I like Knives Out a lot. Right, right, I know. Some I'm making a point here. Sorry. The movie he he had it as the future in Paris, and then of course uh, China ended up fucking financing the movie so he had to change the future place that's good to be in the future as a it looks better yeah it's Shanghai I think uh, it seemed more authentic to me to be honest yeah so I mean I, I feel like in the whatever the 1993 decisions were Chinese the Chinese government wasn't very influential but now it's fucking producing every Tom Cruise movie alright so I dude wanna... that's not true that's not true so in 1993 um, uh, 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 Sylvester Stallone actually wanted Simon Phoenix to be played by Jackie Chan and he wanted Jackie Chan to be the character so fucking bad and Jackie Chan said no because Jackie Chan specifically didn't want to play a villain because he was a hero character and in Chinese cinema at the time if you were a hero uh, you if you were, if you commonly played heroes then you should never play a villain and if you commonly played villains then you would always never play a hero so Jackie Chan was a hero in his movies at those points he was never really a villain so he he didn't want to go and play a villain in an American film. Oh. It would be too confusing to Chinese audiences. Those but are... Stallone badly wanted Chan to be Simon Phoenix. Uh, Wesley's better. Uh, also, Wesley Jet Li was, was able oh, to dude, play a villain Wesley's in the great. hero, so I don't know. Wesley, see, the thing about Chan is Chan would have had to learn English for the role, right? Like he did with Rushmore, or Rushmore, Rush Hour. Yeah. But but, but Wesley Snipes, he, he brought ma- manic, psycho... And made it real. Yes. He brought it to the screen. To the point where you kind of think maybe Wesley Snipes is a little emotionally disturbed. All right, I just want to bring yeah, it back real fast. I, 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 I'll get through this. This is my last, like, really political piece, is the uh, idea that... Uh, so in the movie, of course, we're talking about the you being fine things. you And, and yeah. establishing that... Uh, in, in the upcoming New World Order of Biden's America, we'll, it, it won't be words like fucking shit and cunt and bitch. Uh, maybe bitch, because that's misogynist. Won't be banned, but it'll be basic words like, say, Latino and and uh, and any kind of uh, slur that... Boy. Specific, or, or the word disabled might be banned. You gotta say differently abled. Uh, all these things. Uh, yeah, or, 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 you know, being like, you know, my son is one years old and like banned speech. You, you don't know what how what gender he is if he's only one. He hasn't told you yet, or it he she or they hasn't told you yet. Do you understand how? Okay, as a parent, do you understand how confusing it would be fucking to actually like a, a child's development to like constantly not refer to them as a he or a she or as a I, or I am a not a parent, and I understand how fucking horribly confusing and detrimental that would be to a child's development. But it's happening. I mean, you, HBO you, has a documentary about it coming out soon. You need a little bit of context as a kid growing up to understand the world. If everything was like so aloof and so like it's your choice when you want, it's your choice when you want. I mean, our world is doomed. Our fucking world is doomed. <laughs> I know. Okay. Hey, going back to the way they actually, so how do they actually monitor speech in the future? Obviously, now it's happening with Twitter monitoring specific words and being like, okay, you can't say Wuhan virus, and, and you can't say, you certainly can't say tranny. You can't even say, hey. Okay, Women. what's the most racist of all those? Wuhan, China flu, Kung flu? I think Kung flu is pretty racist. Kung flu probably because Kung flu is probably the, the, the racist, most racist, yeah. but none of them are no, really China racist. China virus, is that racist a little bit, do you think? It, it's definitely not like uh, the Associated Press says don't do it. Of course, Epic Times and like OAN are like China virus and Wuhan virus. So, Oh, yeah, they love it. Yeah. But the Wuhan virus is the, or the Wuhan flu is the only one where I'm like, 
that's not fucking racist. That's the that's just the place it's from. It yeah, no. Yeah, it's the city it started. Go- I would call it the New York virus. <laughs> why, why, do you, York. why do you call it the China virus, even though we've already told you it's racist? Because it comes from China. <laughs> yep. That's, that's what was Trump's, uh, Trump's response. All right. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about the fact that like the words are, are banned. Babies. Words are banned in, in the movie. Yes, that, absolutely. Uh, the words are banned in the future of Demolition Man, and like I, basically these things are everywhere. Uh, listening devices are everywhere that are constantly monitoring your speech, and if you say anything, Toilet paper you rules. were told you were fined one credit for uh, the violation of the whatever. Uh, this article comes from the National Review about an upcoming bill in Scotland. A controversial bill making its way through Scotland's parliament would criminalize hate speech, even if the offending words were uttered in someone's private home. Members of the Scottish parliament questioned Justice Secretary Humazyafsaf for the first time on Tuesday about the hate crime and public order bill, which would establish a new crime, quote-unquote, stirring up hatred. That's a crime in Scotland, possibly. The legislation criminalizes hate speech relating to age, disability, religion, sexual orientation, transgender identity, and variations in sex characteristics, including potential, potentially hate speech spoken in private residences. After a criticism for groups saying the bill threatens to stifle free speech, Yusuf agreed to amend the legislation when it reaches stage two of consideration in the parliament. Uh, the amendment would, will stipulate that offenders may only be prosecuted if they had intent to stir up hatred. He also agreed to examine protections and free speech in the bill. Basically, um, the legislation has begun to do what is in Demolition Man. And, of course, we all have listening devices already listening to every word we say and activating on wake words. Alexa. Oh, look at that. She's listening to me. Mm -hmm. Hey, Siri. So, uh, I don't know that. No, you will in the future. In Biden's America, you'll know that word. So my point is, is that um, not only is a government like actually considering this, like we have a, a total way to enforce it. Like in Demolition Man, you had to put like a weird little like print. It's like a printer. It's like a little like like a side like a wall hanging printer that prints out sheets. Like mm-hmm. that was a problem with the the nineties. It was a problem in eighty nine. Toilet dispenser, right? Well, back back to the future too. Also thought that like. Everything would be a fax. Everything would be printed on paper. You won't. You'll just get an alert on your phone. Like, oh, you said, you said the the W word. <laughs> right. Yeah, you have a microphone on your phone. Yeah, in in the UK, I've uh, I spent a fair amount of time in my life in the UK. Thank God. Uh, wonderful place. I really love it. Uh, dreary, fucking cold weather. But um, they they have a lot of issues already verbally with comes to free speech and 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 the ability to assemble. Um, in protests, like in Hyde Park, they literally have a soapbox on a corner. It's the only place in Hyde Park and practically the only place in London you're legally allowed to assemble and have a protest. Meaning, like, yeah, you can. They it, don't have problems with free speech. They on, don't have free speech. Yeah, they don't. Like, you literally, you have to, like, you can go to the soapbox. It's a literal soapbox, it's on a corner, and you can stand on it. You can say whatever the fuck you want about anything yeah. in, in the country because if you're outside of that soapbox essentially this is the idea right outside the soapbox saying anything then if you say anything mean it can be you could take offense to somebody or it could be something that you can actually be you know uh attacked and litigated on or something like that um the only thing you can't say when you're on the soapbox apparently is anything vulgar or uh violent towards the monarchy um 
Also, uh, it, I want to make sure I get my squares right. It's Trafalgar Square. Oh, it's, fuck the, it's, fuck, uh, the, fuck the British the monarchy. <laughs> but yeah, seriously. Well, oh my god. I've been I've been watching the like, Crown, and it's just like basically watching Forrest Gump. It's like here's this dumb person who like interacted with important figures, but doesn't understand jack shit. Oh my god! Or the idea like okay, so like ha- having been to like the touristy parts of the Buckingham Palace and shit, like. The idea that people lived in this place and, like, were so disconnected from, like, the fucking plague happening outside their fucking palace walls. It is so – it is so disgusting, the the vast depths between the the real elite and and the real poor. Um, but uh, the other place is Trafalgar Square, and um, it was this giant – it's one of those places that you see a lot in World War II films, and the problem with World War II films is – they didn't have the fountains. The fountains were actually put in later. So it's this uh, place where you see the lions and shit like the uh, up against the monolisk, and there's these fountains around it. And one fountain usually gets like a bicycle put up there for like filming and things like that. But it's actually there's um, there's no yeah, statue on top of it. There's specific. four statues or there's four fountains with three statues. And the fourth fountain doesn't have a statue because that's a fountain for anyone to do public art on. So you get people standing up there. Uh, yeah, it's not a bike. I'm sorry. It's a rocking you're, you're, horse. This is very there. detailed. Your point is that there's very Anyways, specific zones of free speech. Right, but but Trafalgar Square was this giant square, and so during World War II, a lot of people filled the square and protested the war times. Um, well, what they did is they put these four giant fountains. How, how the fuck do how the fuck do Londoners protest the war? Let them win? What are they protesting? No, I think they protested other aspects of the war, with maybe the lockdowns, because there's a lot of lockdowns, right? There was the air raids and shit. Uh, but yeah, they, they that's were fear. A- Air raids are a good reason for lockdowns. Yes, they are. They actually make sense, especially when the German Blitzkrieg is flying over you. But um, I think that also the the uh, British uh, government realized that this square, not only where people celebrated the end of the wars, like World War One, but um, this uh, square could also be used against them if it, if people were to mass rally against the the British government there. So they filled it with these four giant fountains. Okay. My point being, yeah, well, yeah, they, g- they gave the they gave their entire country a small soapbox and Hyde Park to stand on, and when they saw opportunities where people could mass in in large mass against them and protest, they put giant fountains in there to stop the ability to mass in large protest. My point is, is they are fucking over their people regardless in the UK. Like they want yeah, to, like well, all right. And Build Back Better has been behind Boris Johnson more than once. Everyone thought he was British it Trump. Has. But no, that dude's been around for a long time. It turns out Boris Johnson doesn't give a shit about Trump. Just listening to him talk about the during uh, the at the at the parliament, I watched it on YouTube the other day, and he was just like, he was just like, he didn't give a fuck about Trump. No, no, Tr- Trump it. is the leader of the deplorables, and there's like at least seventy million of us, um, and, and uh, they're represented by Dennis Leary. But everyone you're talking about, like Boris Johnson included, they're all our stand-ins for for. They should have been Cocteau. represented by Dennis Miller. Did, well, the, yeah, I mean, Dennis Leary and Dennis Miller have similar styles. Dennis Leary in this, Dennis Who Leary in this movie John is... Spartan, and he comes here all the time. Dennis Leary, yeah, as a serviceable impression. Simon Phoenix is coming at me like he's some kind of Well, no, Oliver Dennis Leary North. just plays Dennis Leary in this movie. He's just doing he Dennis does. Leary stand-up. <laughs> Someone was going to be cast as that character, and they and when they got, I forget who was the actor. Um, maybe I can look it up. I can young Jamie this before the show's over. But they were going to get somebody else there. But once they got Dennis Leary there, they purposefully gave him rants where they gave him like a se- sections of the strip were like, and 
He rants. <laughs> Let Dennis go. All right. Let's move. Uh, I only have like two or three more points here. So I'll just get into to an, another disturbing parallel with Demolition Man uh, in modern uh, day is the fact that uh, rather than fucking and having prostitutes you fuck, why fuck a prostitute in person when you can subscribe for $15 a month and she'll pretend like she gives a fuck about you just like she would if she was actually fucking you and she won't fuck you but she'll send you photos of her vagina on all That's of the fans. This is not in the movie. That's absolutely, I mean the idea that sex is outlawed and people use VR or technology to simulate sex is. Oh, yes, yes, but I thought you were talking about the prostitution scene. I'm like, did you watch a director's Well, there, there'd be no prostitution. No, 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 no. There's no prostitution in the movie, obviously. Uh, there wouldn't be prostitution. You would just... I mean, I guess you could pay somebody for the VR sex, which is basically what OnlyFans is. I mean, VR is becoming a thing, too, in terms of actual sex, but really it's more just social media, Snapchat, whatever Bella Thorne was doing, Um you know, whatever, whatever Blake. No, no, no. I'm talking about like what, whoever te- Blake Lively and Scarlett Johansson were texting, and then they got hacked by everybody. Uh, just the idea of like sex through technology is becoming more and more a thing. But I noticed something in this time watching it that I never noticed before is that right before they begin their VR sex, where Sandy Bullock, of course, says, "You want to? Ha- would you like to have sex?" Uh, and and Stallone yeah. thinks oh my it's God, real it's so sex. Hot the way she asks. Oh no, oh it's very. Uh, San- Sandra is fucking hot as shit in this movie. Um, uh, she's so fucking stupid. Uh, but she hands him a towel. Did you know? Did yes. you ever notice that? Yes, I didn't notice that. This, I, this is the first time I ever noticed the towel she hands him for his fucking cum. Yeah, but that would imply he gets his dick out. No, it just means he. I think. I, I think what he's supposed to do is like shove it in his pants so he has an area to come into like like a towel in his pants. I was confused by up. this because if if someone hands me a towel and then participates in like some like don't touch sex kind of thing, which hasn't really happened in my experience. Mm-hmm. And they handed me a towel to come. I would, I would assume you can at least take your dick out and, jack, but, but like, do you have to jack your dick off, or does the uh, telepathic thing make you come and you just come in your pants and then you, you know, the towel is? We'll never going. know because fucking John Spartan didn't know what the fuck he was doing and fucked the whole thing up for us. Also, like, why would she be so dumb as to think he'd know what the fuck that was? Uh, yeah, yeah, because she understood enough about 1996, quote unquote, right? That she should have grasped. Yeah, she has all these. Like, she has like a lethal weapon poster. Like she doesn't. She doesn't know that asking, I, "Would you like to have sex?" The person's going to expect a fuck. Right. Uh, she also had a bus in her uh, office. Did you notice that? Uh. Well, that's what she, she had like is, a, yeah before speed though. Yeah, she had a bus model in her office. I was like, "What the fuck? This is crazy." The movie <laughs> foreshadows so the future a lot. Yeah, really did. Um. Yeah, the, the sex scene, yeah, the towel I thought was interesting because I was like, oh, my God, cum rags. I haven't used a cum rag in forever. I know. I, I use disposable Kleenexes and just flush them. Oh, dude, college was cum rags. I had a cum rag that, like, if girls would put their hand down one side of the bed, I would be like, don't go, don't do that. Don't do it. Jessica's Why? down What's there. What's down there? What's down there? Her name was Jessica. <laughs> she was always there for me. Dude, cum turns brown if you don't clean it after a while. Dude, I just... Okay. Could you not afford Kleenexes in college? No, dude. I just love the idea of a cum rag. Uh-huh. I thought it was hilarious. Well, uh, so that's that was something new <laughs> I noticed. And now, all right, let's just... We're, we've been talking for almost, you know, a long yeah, time Yeah, but we now. haven't even cracked the surface. We still have, like, uh, two hours of movie to go through. <laughs> no, I think we're wrapping up. I, I've expressed all my things. 
We never talked about the seashells. I thought we were going to get to the oh, seashells. Oh, yeah, we can do the seashells and wrap up. That's what I was going to lead us towards is the seashells so we can fucking put a, put, but, put a nail uh, on this. I, I, let's not just get lost on the cum rag. Let's hang on. Let's, we're we're at what we do best. We talk about sex. So here we are. We're at the sex scene finally. Um, that is where you get those few frames of, of uh It's a, bod- it's a body case. double. It's a body double. It's got to be. Oh, yeah, it's not a body double when she's moaning into the camera. What no, is that's that called? Her. No, it's called like what's it called like a uh, 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 painful anguish or uh, what 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 is that thing that oh, girls do? Oh, beautiful agony, I think. Yeah, beautiful agony. She's doing beautiful agony essentially into a camera. She's also kind of doing what fucking Grandpa Wookie does in the holiday special. Yeah, she's there's a lot of weird parallels between the holiday special and this specific scene from Demolition Man. Oh my God, I'm gonna do an edit of the holiday special where he sees Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. You, see, put that up on our fucking YouTube page. Nobody's visited that. That page is like an abandoned fish tank at this point who knows what's in there oh dude i could put i could put my friday the 13th transformers recut up there you couldn't put your man of steel cut up on could you no i couldn't it would be taken down that got that, that's been taken Wait, down did you try you to put it, it um, on youtube what did you try to put it on youtube or did we just i did okay. yeah oh yeah you yeah youtube we got taken down our vimeo account got suspended <laughs> Yeah, the version bang, you put bang. The, yeah okay uh, well that said uh i understand how that can come down but not uh like the Plinket reviews or whatever. I guess it's less transformative. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because it's essentially you're still watching the movie yeah. and I'm not talking over it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I have no idea. Well, well, okay, so the sex scene I thought was interesting and it's still horny as fuck and the way she asks him and propositions him and the way she like brings him into her apartment is just kind of like, it's time for sex now. And even Stallone plays it right where he's like, all right, like what? This is fucking crazy. Like way sex is done in the future and... And it's the biggest fucking cock block blue ball situation ever, isn't it? I mean, yeah. And then right after that scene, uh, he goes home and starts knitting. And, of course, a girl Skype calls him wrong number. Naked. Yeah. So you do get to see the nudity that you didn't get in the previous scene. But then he kind of gives us like, oh, that's weird kind of look. And it's just like that almost contradicts the, the prior thing where, like, Everybody's really uh, sheltered about their sexuality, and, and nobody uh, would just openly like show themselves naked. But may- maybe nudity is okay, but you know, touching is what's not allowed. Because it's yeah, oh, it's definitely the touching. I think that's what she even says, right? And that's just like where we are now. We're like the fucking oh. CDC's like, hey, instead of fucking your loved one, it maybe you know, Skype and masturbate together. And it's like you're a government agency. <laughs> I think it was the New York Health Board, whatever. But my point is, is that the Actual government agencies have been like, don't fuck Skype and masturbate together. And it's like, that's the world from Demolition Man. Yep. You fucks. You think, we didn't, of, you think um, we didn't notice? You think you think you could just fucking put, put it in a movie in 1993 when you were thinking up all this shit at Davos? And then be like, oh, oh we're going to do it all now. And it's like, holy shit. I mean, they made movies about this where people who were in the know... Like we're we're at Illuminati parties because somebody's like, dude, I brought I can bring Stallone to an Illuminati party, and everybody's like, oh, that's totally cool. And then you get to meet people, and somebody's like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, fucking dude, build, it, it build back just better. Any Illuminati party. It was the Bohemian Grove. I uh, Bohemian Grove. I know that like it's, there, a lot of people think that's where the, the this shit happened. 
No, it's not. That's the that's that's the that's the uh, beginner. That's the you know intermediate. Like that's the, the Cub that's Scouts like, it, to the Boy yeah, Scouts like of you, Dallas. You, you think you really want to get into this shit? Well, here, why don't you come to our our crazy quote unquote party and see if you're interested? And then you go to the crazy quote unquote party, and they're like, and then once you pass that party, if you do, they're like, oh, dude, you thought that was crazy? Get ready, dude. That was fucking kindergarten. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, or or as uh, was it Nixon? I think Nixon was the one who said. It yeah. was the faggiest goddamn thing he's ever seen. It was, absolutely. Well, I mean, um... Uh, Young Jamie, pull that up for us. Jamie, do it. Uh, other people have said it. Other people have also stated that, like, it is it's it is essentially people just pissing in the woods, and it's nothing really that crazy, but, um... Yeah, they're not they're not coming up with the New World Order there. No, they're not. They're not. But when, when it comes to, like, video FaceTiming, since we're talking about it, um, it, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, like, what is, like, your favorite... Let's say '90s, '80s video chat sequence in a movie. I can't really think of there being. Or who do you think did it the best? It, or maybe even like the most authentic version of it. In the '90s. '90s or '80s. So, for instance, like you have it in Demolition Man, right? You also have it in things like uh, Total Recall. Oh, you mean like Proto Skype? Yes, exactly. Back to the yeah. Future. What, what Back do you to the think Future did Two. The best, the most authentic. Back to the Future Two, where um, your your Skype call is projected on a fucking projection screen that's clearly SD, standard definition, because uh, he talks to uh, Needles, right? Uh, uh, Marty does. Old Marty in Back to the Future Two talks to right. Needles, who's of course flee from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yep. And uh, he of course is like. Hey, let's do this illegal scam, and then he does this illegal scam. Then his Asian boss is like McFly. It's like, oh, he skyped in without like calling or, or having to be answered. He can just take over the call, and then of course, Prince, you're fired because the entire home is just littered with printers everywhere that just prints out or faxes. You're fired all over the place. That's my favorite, probably, uh, in terms of how wrong it got, but also, I mean, it's still technically predicted type. Okay, time. so um, Back to the Future, you think got it got it the most accurate in the end? Well, except for the faxes, uh, just the just the uh, no, but for the video for the video chat at least, right? The FaceTiming. Yeah, the nonchalantness of it. Yeah. So I would have to say, um, I, I like that you said uh, behind uh, behind the scenes, Back to the Future. I I, I literally just did the yeah, initials is... BT, and I behind the scenes immediately. Uh, no, uh, Back to the Future. And um, what's yours? And not and not going with like Total Recall or something like that because Total Recall I, I really love the way they did it in Total Recall because I think Paul Verhoeven uh, just really nails his sci-fi and his way that technology eh, properly sort advances. Of, sort of, not really. But, I mean, like, yeah, all right, right, Total Recall and, and Demolition Man both have self-driving cars. Yeah, the self-driving cars from Demolition Man look a lot more Tesla-y than uh, the real cars. Yeah, they're like, well, I mean, they're all concepts. They're all concepts. But they're like, the my point light. is that they are a lot more realistic than having a half of a fucking mannequin that sits in the front seat and turns around yes. and goes, "You're in a Johnny cab." Yes. Like, why would they do but that? Total That's Recall's obviously not happening. It, Total Recall's basing it off of Disney rides. Yes, okay? not, not they're trying real to make technology. a Disney ride out of that scene. They should right? have based well, it off metro stations and stuff like that. Demolition Man is basing it off of what GM is actually trying to get out there yes. with the ultralight car. Ultra, they built one ultralight car uh, prototype, and then they let the movie crew uh, actually build 11 additional cars for them um, that would be used as cars in the background of the scenes. But I would say video chat-wise, I say my favorite video chat ever is 1986's Aliens. It's when Ripley calls Burke. And, and, yeah, and but Burke just, it's sort of the card. 
She yeah, she does the card. But I love the way Burke is like waking up and he's like looking into the screen. He's all re- hunched over and his head's in the in the camera. And he's like, "Ripley, is that you?" He's like, "I just." It felt so authentic. It felt like they're actually making a fucking video phone call. When Demolition Man does a moment where he's sitting knitting on a couch, as you said, and a girl just goes, "Hey, what's going on?" Oops. Oh my god, it's not my friend. Sorry, wrong call. Like, it, yeah, but just, realistically, all that so today fake. would be a te- all that today would be text. Ripley would yeah. just text uh, Carter Burke Carter J. It would be a text scene, and like literally, the text would be bubbles floating, yeah. and they'd be tracked along with the character. Yeah, Ripley, you just promise yeah. me you're going to kill it, not to study it, not to bring not it to back. Study it. And he's yep. like Burke, it's like that's the idea. <laughs> that's the idea, that's and then the before idea. you can say anything else, she hangs up her phone. Yeah. <laughs> that scene would not work at all in text form because everything about that scene is how Ripley cuts him off yeah. at the end, just pulls the card you, you out. Can't, like she doesn't need to hear anymore. You, you're, you're stuck in a text conversation for as long as it goes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All righty. Um. So, uh, the seashells. All right, there we go. That's the last thing I have to discuss. All right. What? Okay. Ballard. Sweet Ballard. What what are your thoughts on the seashells? So, I never had any thought on the seashell. I I mean, I, other than I guess what Stallone described later as being the same way he kind of envisioned the seashells. Now he didn't come up with the concept. His his concept is based solely on his you know perception on the the three seashells, um, who sold seashells by the seashore. And uh, he said in an interview, she I'll read sold this. seashells by the seashore. Sylvester Stallone sold seashells by the seashore. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said that the idea behind the three seashells was that two were used like chopsticks or to clamp together totally to wrong. pull the waste out of the body, and the third was used to scrape what was left over. So that's kind of how I always saw it. He says no explanation was made about how they were to be cleaned or sanitized between uses. I think we know they'd be UV cleaned at this point. Well, no, the, I, I, I. So all right. Let, let, well, hang on, hang on. Before we get into your idea, right. I want to at least give some context to where these seashells came from. Okay. So according to the screenwriter Daniel Waters, by the way, this movie had a bouquet yeah. of screenwriters all right it feels so like so many fucking people touch this fucking movie and and normally when a movie has 50 different screenwriters it's garbage this movie's actually hey, tremendously armageddon good. has six and that's just the credited one and there's like three times as many works uncredited <laughs> right oh my god yeah all the punch up all the punch up but i love when you have, like most people don't understand that like like name ampersand name space like then a uh, enter next line and and then a name ampersand yep. name like that's just like these these fuckers wrote a script and these yep. fuckers had to completely change that script and they worked Felt. together but the, like either of those names hate the other two <laughs> um scary movie has three different ampersand names so it has like two different partners wrote three different okay so there's three different films written by two uh partners each Right, so six different writers, and they all are credited writers for scary movies. Well, that's a comedy. Not, that's a sketch comedy. Like that, but that, that's you can still do that. not even counting all the punch up that probably came in later too from other people that helped out, like friends of the Wayans, right? Yeah. But um, but anyway, so Daniel Waters, he's one of the writers of this movie, one of the many writers of this film. And he said the inspiration for the three seashells came about when he was writing the scene where Spartan has to use the restroom, and he could not come up with futuristic things to use there. So he said he was having trouble, so he called a buddy, another screenwriter, and this guy said essentially, like, you know, he's looking around his bathroom, and he saw a bag of seashells on the toilet as a decoration. It was probably those soap seashells because those were big in the 90s. 
Yeah, that's true. That will sub, yeah. Yeah, and, and so he said that, and he said, essentially, I have a bag of seashells on the toilet as a decoration. And then Derek, uh, Daniel Waters was like, okay, I'll make something out of that. And so that's kind of why he came up with that concept. I think now, felt, seashells was already something that was making its way into bathroom decor. Because there would be, like, <laughs> toilet paper holders were seashells. I feel like seashells, right? uh, faucets kind of looked like, yeah, there's was, there was lots of things. Like, there's probably fa- right. uh, sinks that, like, looked like seashells inverted. Uh, so there was, seashells, obviously they're not literal seashells. The seashells are just what they look like aesthetically, and people call them the three seashells. Or, or maybe they even don't. Uh, it's just John Spartan says seashells, and they're like, oh, but we would call them the turd removal systems or whatever. The point I wanted to make is, is that uh, Sly's theory to me reads as so wrong because it's so clearly unsanitary because uh, the, I, I, I paid attention this time. There are three. In a row in a public yep. toilet. There are three in a row in a private toilet. That's the two times we see his them. bathroom, his apartment they, bathroom. They, they are not disposable. They have to be multiple uses. And if they're disposable, yep. sorry, if they're multiple uses and in a public right. toilet, then that clearly is not something that you're actually like shitting into. Why would you even need to pull a tur- like the, the, the illustration for like the slide thing shows like a tur- like a turd coming out of an asshole and it being pulled like chopsticks out. Why would you do that? It just comes out naturally. There's also a toilet there. You're shitting into the toilet. The fucking seashells are only to clean your asshole. They have no reason to be involved in the part where the shit's coming out. You don't shit into a fucking wad Maybe of toilet paper. Maybe everyone's got bidets. Well, no, there, there's a bidet nature to the to the uh, seashells. That, that, that's kind of yeah, what they are. There, there's some kind of futuristic uh, bidet. But my point is, I was is just that talking about bidets today's. With my uh, a couple of friends of mine that we we send poo photos back and forth, and we were literally talking about bidets today. That's I, my, crazy. my point is, I've seen mil- many illustrations and conceptualizations of what Bidet. the seashells do, where the the seashells are being used to grip and pull out the turd, and that just makes no fucking sense. The the, the shit goes yeah. into the toilet and uh. is flush. There is still a toilet there in both those shots. The seashells only replace toilet paper, which is only wiping. And I feel like the first one would have to be the one where it uses UV rays, and, and maybe you offset it a little bit, and and, and it doesn't like. It, it, the, the shit just kind of crumbles and the second one is more of like a purification you know kind of making sure all like everything has gone down to the uh, it uses some kind of like nair or disintegration ray probably UV would, would be the most logical thing to completely get rid of it you're, the, saying, you're saying these <clears throat> are very technical seashells my, my, also my point is like they're, they're, there's no like the seashells are completely mobile there's no uh, space in them for them to have like water flow. They can't literally be the bidets. How does the water come out? Is it compressed right. they're, water? They're not hose or, or, or for like the, the third seashell, I have to assume it's moisturizing. It's kind of like a that final tux layer of comfort. <laughs> it's lotion. It, well, yeah, and that seems like, this is why I warn you because you have an aloe allergy. That the third seashell is like they'll probably put aloe in it because they put aloe. No, in no, toilet I'm not paper. allergic to aloe. I'm allergic to vitamin E, and a lot of aloe has vitamin. Okay, e. and then but a lot a lot of toilet paper puts has like aloe in the thing. Can you get it yes, straight? From Dude, toilet paper? Dude, oh my god. So I, I know when we go off brand, then our normal like Kirkland signature brand, mm-hmm. because there'll be like whatever kind of lotion that's built into the toilet paper, yeah. and I will I will get an edema in my butt crack, yeah. and it hurts like hell. Well, and that kind of seems like what the third, I mean, you might have to be one of those people who just has to skip the third seashell and doesn't get its moisturizing rejuvenation. Uh, but, but like, you couldn't put like a spray. <laughs> you couldn't put a spray seashell. unless there's like extremely compressed capsule in that seashell that has yeah. like an aloe or moisturizing spray because there's no room for like any kind of thing. But of course, have you? You're familiar, of course, with the. Uh, 
the Coca-Cola like vending machine fountains like that they have in popular movie theaters and stuff where like you have all 32 favors you like, like you pick like Coke or, or Dr. Pepper or Fanta and then it's like you want orange in there do you want vanilla in there you know what they do they use compressed flavor capsules and just a, a flow of uh, carbonated water so that the little capsules can just you know what I'm talking about right soda streams yeah. are called I mean that's yeah, a, yeah 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 and, and you know they're, they're, they're huge they're huge in my wife's family yes no, I'm not talking about personal ones. I'm talking about the uh, ones you'd find at, like, a, a fast food Oh, at place. a movie theater. Yeah, at a movie theater. Oh, yes, okay, yes, I know what you're talking They the use flavor – ca- yeah, yes. I mean, it's a similar technology to what, what SodaStream does, but it's, like, they use fla- compressed flavor capsules, and one's just like, this is Coke, this is this is vanilla, and we can combine the Coke and the vanilla, and, and, and it shoots it in there, which is why nothing ever tastes that good, and it all tastes like shit. Like, if you, yeah. like, that's what I love about Sonic. It's not syrup. They, they make, give you a vanilla Coke by putting vanilla extract in, <clears throat> vanilla extract in a Coke, and it tastes perfect. But everything just kind of tastes like nondescript sugar because, like, all the syrups are going to the same place. Maybe there's a pellet of vitamin E and moisturizing in the third one for that kind of thing. But I don't think you can compress simple water, so there's not a bidet. So, again, first one, bulk-reducing UV then uh, down to the microbial level of, of cleanliness UV, then moisturizing. The end. I love it. I, I love it. It's it's it. I see growing up with soap sh- seashells in the house and in other people's homes, I literally just thought of them as decorations and that they were plastic or soap. I literally thought they were soap at times too. And that, like, it was just a scrape. Just to scrape, scrape that poop off. No, your I, cheeks. like no one questions why the things that you use to clean your ass instead of toilet paper would be looking like seashells. That just seems natural. What what throws everyone off is trying to figure out what the seashells actually do. And of course, yeah. I I saw the movie Young and thought that's a funny joke. They're not explaining what the seashells do. That's the point of the joke. And then other right. people are like, I don't know what jokes are. I'm offended by everything. <laughs> and and I, I have to figure out this puzzle and figure in like, and like draw diagrams and find out what the seashells do. And I'm just like, hey, look, I, I, I think the whole point was that it, it doesn't really fucking matter. But, th- but, now, when- but now you're going and fucking completely getting it wrong and saying something that doesn't make any sense. If I have to think about what the three seashells do, I'm going to do it right and come up with something that, like, shitting into a fucking seashell? Why would you do that? There's a toilet in both the scenes. It, it doesn't even, like, make basic sense or pass basic muster and it goes all over twitter and like there's a very clear like uv like you can figure out what things the size of seashells can and can't do and come up with a fucking prescription and if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna fucking do it but like i hate the fact that i even had to do it because i thought the, no. fun, the joke was funny that, you, that the three seashells replaced toilet paper and they never explained it and then of course i had to go for three months where there's no toilet paper available because as soon as there yep. was a fucking pandemic everyone was like toilet paper we'll eat that for the next three months and then everyone heard Irwin in their their heads going he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> he just starts laughing or whatever the fuck. Yeah. What's the what's I, uh, fuckers, Adam Sandler's friend? What's his fucking name? Rob Schneider. Rob Irwin. Schneider. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Yeah, Irwin, that's yeah. a problem is that he fucking obviously sucked Sly's dick and then he put him in fucking Judge Dredd too. And it's like, why are you in all these movies from Stallone, even though there's only two? It just seems like too many. Um, Schneider, man, he was he was pretty big at that time of the 90s. He was huge on uh, SNL. Um yeah, I think Making the seashells. Copies. Yeah, he was huge. Yeah, <laughs> the Meister. I think 
Um, he, I think I think the seashells was 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 exactly what it was supposed to be, right? It's a joke, as you say. But when you create something so elusive, curiosity kicks in, and when it's dealing with you know toilet humor, everyone hates hates toilet humor. Oh, it's all gross. But it it do they? We do. Everybody does it every day. Have you seen so, movies? Yeah, it's interesting. You like you look at a movie, you're like seashells instead of toilet paper. How would you do that? Interesting. So it it, it kicks the wheels into gear, right? Uh, I appreciate that kind of stuff. I I like I like those moments, and I can I can get lost in it, but I don't get lost as much as you did, and I I really appreciate actually your thought process into the seashells. To be honest. Well, yeah, no, uh, I had thoughts on all the things. This movie is, is, it's bizarre how relevant it's become very yeah. recently. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it It's just it's just one of those things that, like, you know, I mean, like, I remember the other day I went and ate a rat burger, and, like, I was like, this is rat meat? It's not bad. Like, I actually love that scene when Stallone's, like, eating the rat burger, and he goes, this is rat meat? It's the best burger I've had in a long time. Like, and, what, and if you like went that. to fucking McDonald's or Burger King, what could you get it's, right it's, now? Not a rat burger. Earthworm. Earthworm. Uh, well, I mean, th- th- no, I'm talking about the uh, Impossible Burger specifically. Oh, whatever. And they don't they don't do Tetracite anymore, anyways. Earthworm. They used to do uh, Tetracite, but Tetracite was a huge component to uh, burger meat a long time ago uh, because no one was testing what's actually in the burgers and. Earthworm is a really easy commodity to make into a burger meat. Tetracite. I thought Tetracite was a like a conspiracy theory that's largely been debunked that it was ever in like burgers. No, 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 no. I don't know. I think there's like actual sawdust in fucking Taco Bell meat right now. Yeah. But you know what? It tastes there's fucking yoga delicious. There's yoga mat in fucking Subway uh, sandwiches. Oh uh, yeah, it was something like Ireland was like we're not classifying Subway as food anymore. Yeah, because the the bread utilizes like essentially the same like plastic chemical, uh, polyurethane, whatever the fuck yeah. type shit that like you know, that actually is in, in yoga mats. It's like, oh, that's disgusting. Well, har- it's hard shit. to believe Jared would have steered us wrong. Uh, Jared, <laughs> eat fresh, everyone. Um, well, no, it, it's crazy that Jared honestly not only like lost all that weight and then had sex with all those kids, but then also became. You know Ivanka Trump's husband, like it is in. No, like, they're that's di- the same no, guy, no, right? No, 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 no. He looks that's not the same guy. No, Kushner looks like we've established that he looks like <laughs> the devil's son. And the other, and the other Jared is the devil's son. Uh, yeah, let's not even give him that much credit. I mean, just Subway in general is He's a garbage. horrible, He's, horrible he, company, honestly, and it's done great during this pandemic. <laughs> Um, that Jared probably was running in some kind of ring that was like a lesser ring uh, that Jeffrey Epstein was running as well. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because like he doesn't get invited to like the same ring that Bill Clinton does or Chris Tucker, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird that Chris Tucker was even on that list. To be honest, I mean, like I, I yeah. get that you had a, a fan base in the '90s, but like you know, and why did you why did you just stop being in the public eye for 20 years? What was that about? Chris. Well, it's easier to it's easier to allegedly bang children, I guess. <laughs> no, because they don't let you in unless you're famous. That's how that's how Will Smith gets into the Illuminati. Like if he was still the star of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, he ain't getting in. 
But like fucking if getting yeah, in, no. But if, 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 if you immediately add a hundred million to a gross of any movie, you can make anything. That's how we fucking got Wild Wild West. Is the idea that like oh, if you just cast Will Smith to get a hundred million dollars, then you get invited to the Illuminati parties, and you probably right. fuck men because I, I think Will Smith just he fucks adult men and likes to wife swap and do all that weird shit. But like he he he's in the more um, up and up. New World Order secret organization, the same one Jay Z's mm-hmm. in, probably the Illuminati. Not not the not the dastardly one that actually meets at Davos. They don't they don't they don't need Tom they don't need Tom Hanks for that. <laughs> what is he really going to add? Humor. Yeah. Entertainment value. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's I, it. I mean, bring like, in the clown. My point is, is that. <laughs> Maybe it's not coincidence that all these things in this movie parallel something that might have been you know, already been thought up by world leaders because Sly Stallone definitely was powerful enough to hobnob with those people. And, of course, uh, there's a joke in this movie about the Schwarzenegger Presidential Library, and, and yep. Sandy says that uh, his popularity as governor led to the 52nd Amendment, which is kind of scary. Off no, no, the 61st or something. Yeah, it's, it's high up there, so it's kind of scary how, how many amendments there were. But, uh, of course... Then uh, Schwarzenegger actually did become the governor, and honestly, I mean, it, it would have seemed ridiculous the idea of him being a president in 1993. Now it seems like a pretty reasonable like thing. Like he could run in 2024, and if I mean, obviously he can't, but if he like without that uh, the the whatever amendment that actually is, uh, he he, uh, he certainly has the ability, the clout, um, to. And my he probably got invited to a lot of parties with Stallone, so. You know, look, my point is, is that uh, looking forward ahead in like three weeks, we'll, we're, we're plan- we plan to do a spoiler cast for uh, Songbird, Michael Bay's Songbird. And my point is, do, do you think, like, just as uh, conspiracy theories are laden with the idea of directors being powerful enough to get in, like the Kubrick moon landing thing, and maybe my theory about Demolition Man. <laughs> uh, or maybe the fact that Kubrick in the monolith that was just found, like, in the fucking Utah desert. Or the fact that Spielberg somehow created a vent uh, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind in the third act of Close Encounters of the Third Kind that paralleled either events that occurred prior to or after um, that involved uh, the government with aliens. Or the fact that Michael Bay in The Rock has Nicolas Cage tell us that JFK was essentially assassinated by somebody yeah. that we already should know who it yeah, is. Yeah, and so, CIA. yeah. So, a, a and then Mike Baker name. practically says on the Joe Rogan podcast that the CIA did maybe kill uh, uh, JFK. And then on top of that, that uh, Michael Bay laughs in 2007 at us by having his uh, actors who play Sam Wilkie's parents tell us that if the government actually knew about aliens, they would let us know. Having damn well know now that in 2005, they didn't come in contact with UFOs well, over uh, the Pacific Ocean. And that having done that, they did not tell us then. So Michael Bay probably even knew some information similar to that in 2007, put it in his fucking movie as another wink and a nod and a laugh at us. And here is Songbird coming out. Yeah, that's my question, though. I I, see. I don't think. I don't. They do know. I don't think. Well, I don't think Bay is getting Bay's access. I don't think he's powerful enough to have that access. Oh no, I think Bay Bay has has friends that are Navy SEALs and that are generals in the military, and they know. No, yeah, no. Uh, Bay, like, all right, uh, Chris Tucker. 
Sly Stallone, possibly Stanley Kubrick, were invited directly to those parties and they actually got to meet those people. But I think Bay doesn't get invited. I think he's too much of a deplorable. I think he's too much of a trumper. I think he's 13 yeah, hours. He's getting, I think he, he, he's, he's on the outside. He's from the blue, but yeah, blue he's, collar military. He's friends with military yep. heads and the military yep. heads know what's going on. Now, they are, however, under strict, like, they can't, like, say any of this shit. That's their entire career. But, you know, when, when, Bay's basically making recruiting videos for them for for and selling them yep. as kids movies. They're gonna be like, dude, yes. shit's shit's gonna go down and China's gonna own us. So just let China make your next movie. And he's like, all right, I'll let China make my next movie. So I have a good standing with them. I have a good social credit score. He seems to have an in to. to I think it's indirect. I think it's through the military, and that's what makes Songbird so fucking scary because he's right on that level where he's he puts well, it in since- his movies. Since 1996, he made a has had access to the military, correct? The Rock. He didn't have access in, in Bad Boys, but come The Rock, he started to befriend people in the military. Did he? I thought he was on the out and didn't get into the military until Transformers, the direct. No, I, he got he got in on the military because of Armageddon, even. But wasn't Bruckheimer fighting to, with... Felt, felt Bay got access to NASA at a time when NASA was oh, getting people Oh, that's access. right. They switched. Because, like, Bruckheimer was really close with... Uh, the Navy and then of course Crimson Tide pissed the Navy off because they're like this is unrealistic we have protocols for this this kind of shit would never happen and that's why they had to use like French subs for all the submarine stuff and sets for all the inside stuff but then Bay comes along and he's more army right he's all army yeah. and I guess the Navy SEALs they're still Navy is he, I don't know if he's so close he, to the he's just, he's just He's just the military. He's just pro-military, the United States military. His access seems to be more mostly Army-based, though. He's also got a lot of Navy. I mean, base does a lot of Navy. Well, I mean, look, when the New World Order takes over, the Army would be their first. Their... Well, the Rock had the SEALs, right? Uh, 13 Hours of Benghazi or whatever is all about the SEALs. Um, uh, he has constantly the, uh, the Navy involved in the Transformers film. Who's Josh DeHamel, though? What is he with? Uh, he's with the Navy and Pearl Harbor. Oh, no, that's Army. Army, yeah. No, he's Army. He's Army. Pearl Harbor, though, is all about the Navy. Correct. Yes. And the Army Air Corps, technically, which became the Air Force. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he, he, the military loves him, and it's. Yep. It's and my point is is that there's there's precedent for the idea that directors put these messages in there, not necessarily as warnings, just kind of be like. Right, conditioning almost. Maybe they have the consent to do conditioning. it. Conditioning. It is. It. It is. A lot of people think it is exactly. It is that, that there is Hollywood conditioning for uh, the preparation of a new world order is absolutely part of of the uh, uh, the theory, the conspiracy theory, and um, but what you're referring to essentially is people like Spielberg and Kubrick are are getting information from top heads of 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 departments and government and things like that. Well, and maybe consulting. And maybe consulting on shit. Right, and consult yeah, and consultation and, and maybe even being asked to film certain aspects of things for the government while Bay was getting information from the grunts. Yes. He was getting information from the people that were actually seeing the aliens, actually knew about the triggers that were being pulled, about the fact and, that we and know the that there's going to be a lockdown was probably like some he knew that way before the public did, I bet. Yes. Yeah, probably. And and uh, you know, I can't say any of that on air, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, Fair enough. Yep. I can talk about that a little bit later, off air, for sure. Okay. Uh, we'll discuss it off air. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, we, what? Let's just end the show so we can talk about we, what I, I want to I'm, I'm down. I think we've done enough. We're not even talking about the uh, Militia Man did anymore. Did we get through everything on your list, why elbow bumps and not the hand-wavy thing? Yeah. I, I mean, it is two on the nose. I, we went with elbow bumps and placing handshakes. That was Dr. Yeah, Fauci literally, told us I to. Was, 
I was looking at an HR uh, email this, um, yeah. fr from the Cool Boys in March that was actually about like use elbow bumps uh, in, uh, moving forward instead of handshakes for uh, and I was just like wow like that that did not age well even like that's even elbow bumps are not okay now you're too close for six feet with an elbow bump that's true yeah actually what would made Demolition Man a little bit more uh, kind of prophetic and when it came to no touching would also have been um, bowing if everyone just bowed at each other rather than isn't that like, Japanese we're gonna be doing whatever they do in China yeah it's it's just we're gonna bow at people I think yeah I don't know do they bow in China I think they just they just point a gun at you and say you submit now did he bow is that Vietnamese oh, <laughs> Uh, uh, no more bars, no more booze. Well, that's right, because you go to Taco Bell. Uh, well, no, no, no. That's referencing the fact that uh, Philadelphia, uh, on the eve of just now, announced on the eve of Thanksgiving that they're uh, banning the sale of alcohol and bars, of course, but also just at liquor stores. Wait, what the fuck are you talking about? They're 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 banning the sale of booze in Philadelphia. Yeah. Pennsylvania. This article comes from Biz Journals. Pennsylvania restaurants what's, and what's bars. What's the date? Just date. Just date this. I know we're releasing this in a few days. November twenty third. This is from November twenty third. Okay. No thanks. Can I click on that? Okay. Uh, Pennsylvania restaurants and bars must cut off alcohol sales for on site consumption at five p.m. this Thanksgiving Eve as COVID nineteen cases surge across the Commonwealth. Uh, the uh, well, I think it's also liquor stores too. They say Commonwealth right now. Yeah. That's a fucking UK thing. Well, uh, maybe Pennsylvania does it, too. That's weird terminology. Yeah, Commonwealth is like any country that was owned by the U.K. is considered in the UK, United Kingdom Commonwealth. So, like, parts of Africa, parts of the Caribbean, part you know, like... Well, my point, my point is, is that there's no fucking reason to ban alcohol sales to no. prevent uh, a virus. Because alcohol oh, like is no pretty fucking... fucking there's no reason to fucking do a curfew. It's not like the fucking everyone says this. It's not like the virus fucking knows it's ten o'clock and it stops like you know getting to people. And idiots are idiots at fucking ten a.m. just as much as they're idiots at ten p.m. Yeah. It, it the, the curfew is is fucking dumb. It is dumb. And I, I honestly, you can explain to me in a good way why it makes sense, but I will not accept it. It's reverse vampires <laughs> working with the Rand Corporation. Dude, in collaboration dude, with the saucer vampires. people. Reverse vampires. <laughs> I love that Simpsons reference. That's great. Are we done? It's because it's such garbage. It's such a stupid like theory. Reverse vampires. Like someone just coming up with something on the fly and it's immediately bought. It's like I love. It's it's like the level of Simpsons of like my friend's name is Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo. Homer, that's the worst name I've ever heard. Yeah, Joey Jojo. <laughs> No, Joey Jojo. <laughs> he puts Junior before Shabadoo. It's my favorite part. <laughs> I do remember that. Yes. All right. Uh, Are we going to uh, read the credits and get out of this Demolition Man's no, podcast? I, no, let's talk about this fucking booze thing. This is insane. Dude, we're, in we're, we're, we're not in 1920. We're in 2020, and they're removing booze? Uh, yeah, to stop the COVID. Oh, look, any... Anybody who really believes at this point that every single restriction is legitimately backed by science and about actually stopping COVID is bullshit. Or lives in North Dakota or South Dakota, whichever one's the good one right now, where they're like, COVID cases are surging. It's like, we've had eight people die this month. <laughs> like, who fucking cares? I think, it's, I think it's South Dakota. Yeah, the good one. All right. So th that's my only thing about the boost thing. Is that the, the alcohol is illegal in the world of demolition, man? But again, I feel like they they got that kind of wrong that they they associated the puritanical stuff 
with uh, the New World Order. And obviously, at this point, you know, we're just going to keep legalizing drugs. Weed's going to be legal nationally very soon. And wouldn't that be shrooms seem to be getting some some groundwork and, and LSD, but only like under doctor supervision. Well, there's like okay, so like I actually I I, I called shrooms uh, life on IMAX. I, that's how I felt when I took shrooms. I was like, oh my god, shit, dude, fucking. It's a hell of an endorsement for IMAX. Maybe Christopher Nolan it, it, was right. It, dude, t- t- I can't imagine what shrooms and real IMAX would be like. And I think the other th- cool thing about shrooms is that if there is the science behind it that can help with depression, like I think that's pretty badass because. Yeah, depression's right? bad. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're, like, microdosing it or whatever, and you're not, like, getting, like, the hardcore hallucinin, you know, hallucinations out of shrooms, and you're kind of just getting maybe the, the mild euphoric benefits of it, then I th- I could actually see the benefit to it. Um, I saw a fucking Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas on shrooms, and it was maybe the best experience I had ever I seen. I hate that movie. That entire movie, I had never uh, had a – I was, like, 18 and never had alcohol – Obviously, never even seen marijuana in person. And the whole time I watched this movie, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these idiots? Just stop really? doing drugs. All of your problems are being caused by the fact that you're constantly on drugs. If you were on drugs, you'd come up with a really good solution to deal with these issues. And it's just like, I'm never doing drugs. And I still oh haven't done, I mean, any of the, the drugs depicted in, in that movie. Uh like weed is just to enhance other drugs in that movie. So, dude, they do fucking adrenaline. They do adrenaline or whatever. They do the fucking baby drug. <laughs> yeah, they fucking suck on baby fucking like uh, adrenaline glands in that movie. It's crazy. And, like, I don't that's remember a big that scene. Today. What are you talking about? It, okay, so okay, there's a part where there's a little brown bottle. And um and Benicio del Toro's character is like all in like the camera and he's like, hey man, that's pure adrenaline. It'll fuck you up. Take a tiny little taste. And Johnny Depp takes like a little bit too much, and it like he's all fucked up and he like, can't walk later. But they talk about it as being adrenochrome, like a pure adrenochrome and all that shit. You said and, like, you said adrenaline. What what is it in the actual movie? The same thing. It's the same thing. It's adrenochrome. It's adrenaline. They they I think they refer to it as both. Huh. Um, in the film, but uh, I don't yeah, really believe like, the adrenochrome harvesting uh, resources from babies. Like, oh yeah, they do. When you get when sure. you get into that shit, it's just like okay, and then you're dealing with like intergalactic demons, and like you've lost me. You had me at fucking secret societies and all that stuff because oh. that shit uh-huh. happens. But uh, you, you lost me when there's like, and and then there are interdimensional overlords that fucking dullest. What's the fucking name of the base that you always talk about? Dolce, Dolce the base. Dolce base. Dolce baby, oh my god, oh, but you you isn't you'll that just, just caramel? And <laughs> you believe in the fucking like the the fucking advertisements that they refer to as mini tunes? Like you'll just buy into oh, what kind of kids eat armor hot dogs? Big kids, little dicks. that part's stupid too. <laughs> little dicks. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> dicks who climb on rocks. Fat dicks, skinny dicks, even dicks with chicken pox. It's kids. <laughs> Are you even mishearing the slogan? I did, but I fucking I I read it backwards in my head. And kids as dicks. Oh yeah, this is something I wanted to say is that we all laughed at the Taco Bell joke, right? The idea that like yeah, one restaurant could take over all restaurants. Yeah. And now we're in COVID, and it's like every fucking small privately owned business is going under. But like Walmart and Amazon are doing great. Like it's not that insane. The only thing is that like the problem is that like 
Taco Bell isn't its own corporation. It's part of Yum Yum Brands, which also owns like Pepsi and Pizza Hut. Yep. Which is why you had those weird commercials from like the Phantom Menace when they're like, like let's put fucking Colonel Sanders and the Taco Bell dog and a pizza random ass Pizza Hut delivery person uh, like uh, are on the plains of Naboo. I remember that ad and I was like, why the fuck are these characters together? And then I found out what Yum Brands was and I'm like, holy shit! Like 17 companies own everything. There's not anywhere near as many companies as you think you are, uh, as, as as it seems like. But- but there's a lot of subsidiaries. But there wouldn't just be Taco Bell. I mean, it's like Amazon has like 50 brands. There'll be different brands, but they'll all be owned by one company. But yeah, you'll have Taco Bell and you'll have Pizza Hut and you'll have all them the things in the future. But what you won't have is fucking privately owned taco shops and, and you know Steve's Restaurant, which just serves weed probably if we're talking about our Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You won't Wait, have private. Was, you'll just have, was, you'll just have corporations. Little little Debbie food snacks or something like that, and it was like owned by some like Jewish Holocaust. I forget what it was. It was some Krusty the Clown sponsor. Anyways, whatever. Um, well, the Taco Bell thing was a, a direct reference in the '90s that they had the fast food wars, right? Like that was the franchise whole idea. wars. They call them franchise wars, right? So it was the, it was the, it was they were just claiming a winner in the end. Well, Taco Bell sponsored them. Yeah, we'll run for the border. I mean, fuck yeah. I would I would Taco Bell sponsor me. Yokiro Taco Bell, Ballard. Dude, I have I have a Yokiro Taco Bell uh, uh Chihuahua stuffed Chihuahua. I'm gonna go get it. I'll be right back. Oh no, we, this is Lemony Lives, it's a tape. we we don't have these moments where we can just go go and run and grab the thing that's at the ready. He seems to be coming back. Troll Nation, I'm leaving all this in as a document. Ballard just ripped off his headphones and now he's back. Oh, there it is. And it says, Yo, Kiro, Taco Bell. And listen, listen. <laughs> Seems a little spotty. Maybe Yo, Kiro, Taco Bell. Maybe his battery is low. Uh, but that said, I'm betting the person who did that VO was a white guy, so that would be canceled retroactively. Fucking, after 32 years, they're like, oh, we're going to recast Carl. <laughs> Because it has to be an actual black guy now. So we get a sound alike who just happens to be black. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe the dog was actually voiced by a Latinx person. I I bet you it's like someone famous. We've been talking for two hours and 24 minutes. I think it's a good time to wrap up. I think, okay, no, no. There's a couple things about Demolition Man we should should talk about. Remember Um, when you said this would be a 30-minute a a week? A 30 (laughs) Well, no, the spoiler cast will never be 30 minutes. Uh, um, I don't think they need to be two hours and 24 minutes, but sure. <laughs> no, especially about Demolition Man. Um, the score is something we talk about uh, a lot because sometimes we utilize a score and a theme, right? Or we utilize a score um, kind of like uh, for the trailer or the cold open for our show or something like Remember that. Remember the well, score to Demolition movie, Man? Yeah, no, the scores for movies okay, in general yeah. we can't, when we talk about them in spoiler cast. Or how we kind of like play them in the background when we're doing like specials, like Terminator. Um, anyways, this movie I was like beforehand we were talking about it uh, about this episode we were going to record tonight. Um, we were talking about like okay, so what should we do? Is there any kind of cool memorable score to Demolition Man? I can't really remember anything. And having listened to the movie and watched the film, the score is it, it, for the most part throughout the whole film. I don't even recognize a score going on, right? Yeah. 
But in the third act, all of a sudden the score kicks in, and I'm like, oh my god, I fucking like I'm noticing it's it. Batman it's Batman Forever. Right, it's right after similar, yeah. It's after the car crash where the car foams up and saves Stallone. You you get the Beetlejuice score. It's fucking literally Beetlejuice. And it's the Beetlejuice score for, like, the remainder of the movie, practically. Yeah. And I'm, like, listening to this thing, and I just saw Beetlejuice uh, just a few weeks ago with my kids, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is literally, like, the Beetlejuice score playing right now. Uh, like, this doesn't make any sense. It's too... It's no, too it's, it's Elliot Goldenthal, who uh, did Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, was given those movies because of his similarity to uh, Danny. Danny Elfman, and yeah. uh, yet he didn't really use the theme. He created his own, but, the, the, like, the, it's absolutely... Like Demolition Man is just like B sides for those scores because like it doesn't have it the is. big sweeping theme, but just like it sounds so much like them. Like I, I just, it's I just hear those. Yeah, well, and there's a it's... fucking circus in Batman Forever. That that, that theme... oh, returns. No, Batman Forever has a circus in it. Oh right, all right. That's but Batman Grayson. Returns has circus people too. Did he not do that one? Or was that Danny? No, that was Danny. Danny did the Tim Burton ones. Okay. He did Forever oh, and and uh, Batman Robin, and there's a uh, the, the circus theme and Batman Forever is very reminiscent of the theme that plays at the end of, of Demolition, uh, Demolition Man. Yeah, it does absolutely. Yeah, um, and I thought that was it was just odd. It was it it, it did not match. And in fact, what, one of the things about the third act is the third act felt like another editor worked on it. And I know Stuart Baird came in and he like recut the and movie possibly down directed from, like, some a, of it too. He he cut it. He did the same thing with Tango and Cash, where he took like an over two hour cut of an action film and cut it under under two hours. Uh, he did it for this movie as well. Stewart's a fucking god when it comes to editors. Director of Executive um, Decisions, starring Marlon Maples Trump. Yeah, well, did he he edited that right? He direct. Well, uh, he's a fake name to edit it, but he, he actually was credited as director. Yeah, but I thought he edited it too. Probably. Um. But he he edited out one major character out of this movie, Demolition Man. He edited out Kate Spartan, uh, uh, John Spartan's daughter, and she's uh, been cut out of the film other than simply a few shots where um, underground, where uh, John Spartan is actually uh, protecting a girl as uh, Simon Phoenix is shooting up the place. Mm. Um, when he's with the Deplorables, uh, he's protecting a woman. Well, that woman's actually, quote-unquote, is supposed to be his daughter. Oh, they cut her out. And, okay. That's really... and they cut her out. And then she's at the very end. She's standing next to Dennis Leary at the end when they're all like, you know, you guys can now be above ground. You don't have to be down below ground anymore. And they're like, yay! Yeah, I, I get it. That's, That's her so next She was probably in there to, so that he turns to Dennis Leary's side. But I, I, I think the movie works fine without it. Like, I, I don't question right. that decision. It was also kind of to connect him to, like, a family member because they talk about how his wife died in the big one, right? She died in the earthquake in 2010. Yeah. But audiences hated her because audiences were immediately like, uh, she's the same age as Lenina, Sandra Bullock's character. So it's weird that John is fucking someone that's the same age as his daughter. Yeah. So they, they cut, that was one of the reasons they actually cut her out of the film. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I feel like you get his... Uh enough of like it's weird that they even mentioned the daughter in that scene that makes sense because like there, there's she says he has a daughter and like I, it would be a minor misuse of police whatever but I, I could look her up and he's like no don't, and let's not ever mention her again uh, in this entire movie I, I always thought that was weird so that kind of makes that explains why that scene's in there but uh, no he, he comes he, he works better without like all that baggage same with having like a, a wife it's kind of weird he, he wakes up finds his house his wife's dead and then Sandra Bullock's like wanna fuck and he's like yeah sure I just found out my wife was dead 15 yeah. years 15 minutes ago 
Right. Sure. Remember, this is a movie that takes place over 48 hours, right? Yeah. And, like, in 48 hours, he finds out not only his wife died in a giant earthquake in 2010, but he just moves on to banging Sandra Bullock. <laughs> There's a shot of him carrying out a girl. That's not his daughter, though. That's in the beginning where they're a stat. It, it, it's supposed to be yes, a Yes, that's supposed to be his daughter. Yes. That is supposed to be his daughter. No, the little girl. That's no, the little girl. No, so she's like a kidnapping yes. victim, and, and the right, reporter's yes. like, "Why did you save but, her when like you caused like six million dollars worth of destruction?" No, you caused you caused seven million dollars of destruction for a, a, a for a girl for a twenty five thousand dollar ransom, and the girl goes, "Fuck you, lady." Yeah, that's a great scene. And yeah, that he, is he's a great good scene. answer. Yeah, that's not his daughter. That's just some random. That's girl. That's supposed to be his daughter. Yes. Oh, okay, and that's just because the they used it for the the subplot. Yeah, it's kind of like how in Commando, where Arnold goes after his daughter, right? <laughs> kind of reminds me of a journalist saying, uh, Detective Sex, did you use unnecessary force? Yeah, I uh, used everything I fucking had. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, all right, that, that wraps up my things to say. Nope, <laughs> I, got, I got a couple more things, all and right. then we can wrap, really wrap up. So kind of talking about, uh, essentially, the Rambo-ness of uh, John Spartan. Um, he is, uh, you know, a John. And in He's the just Rambo. 90s films, we had Action Johns. We had a bunch of Action Johns. John Matrix. We had John Matrix from The Commando. We already talked about him. We have John McClane, right, from the Die Hard series. Yeah. We have John Rambo, right? We have John Wick. We have John Spartan, of course, added to this. But, Phil, can you name any other Johns? Those are the big ones. Those are some big ones, but there's Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, and also, well, Neo's, you know, his name is John Anderson. Uh, is he John Anderson, really? It's John Anderson, yeah, Mr. Anderson. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't realize. Yeah, that. did you realize that that was a fucking parallel about de- uh, or a uh, metaphor about dead naming? Like the idea that he calls himself Neo, but people keep going like be, the 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 Agent Smith keeps calling him Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. It's just like yeah. you know, like no, I'm Rebecca. Steve, please stop stop calling yourself Rebecca. You're a, you're a you're a beautiful son. And he's like, no, I'm Rebecca now. I'm Caitlin. Stop it, Bruce. I'm, no, a, I'm Caitlin. Or. I'm Lana yeah. Wachowski, <laughs> or the, yeah, whatever the other right. one is. I don't remember. I just call them the Wachowskis now. Yeah, makes it easy. Well, anyways, yeah. So John Spartan, another classic John. I think Eraser, not Eraser. Uh, didn't Eraser? Um, Running Man have Wait, a John? What is the name of this Eraser? Is it just Eraser? What's the name of that movie? Eraser. Yeah, it's Eraser. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's a stupid title for a movie. Why is um, it called but- Eraser? Isn't the movie about a railgun? No, because he's an eraser. He erases your identity. Oh no, no, that's right. Uh, Running Man was Ben Richards because he was the uh, huh. the butcher of Bakersfield. What, what, what is he? Eraser? What is he an eraser? Yeah. Eraser Arnold in eraser is. He has to look it up. John John Kruger. John Kruger. Wow, there you go. Another John. Yeah, Johns. Johns are great. And that was '96, by the way. That was that was the '96. Most film. popular name in America. John. John. Um, John Commando. Chaz. Chaz. John Commando is my favorite John. Absolutely. I love that one. John Matrix. It's the best. It's absolutely the best. Um, and then, Did you just call him uh, John Commando? John Commando. That should be his name, though. It really should have been his name. John Commando, we need you back. <laughs> Commander John Commando. No chance. Um, the uh, notable cryocons. So there's Jesse Ventura. He's one of the cryocons, right? Yeah. Um, but... There's cryocons listed in the movie and said out loud in the movie. Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, the in there. One that said out loud is Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. But he would not have been a cryocon because Dahmer died in '94. He was beaten to death in prison in '94. Well, he was alive in '93 for that joke to make sense. 
Right, yeah. But a year later, he was killed uh, by the uh, broken broomstick that some other inmate beat him to death with. Mm. And um, this is really interesting. So one of the names that comes up when they're looking at Simon Phoenix in the beginning when uh, uh, Zachary Lamb's character is all like, Simon Phoenix, I knew him. He's evil in, in a way you never read about. Um, there was another name next to Simon Phoenix. It said Scott Peterson. <laughs> well, Scott Peterson wasn't arrested until 2004, 2003, 2004. So, like, that would actually kind of matches up a little bit. That's inter- That was kind of interesting that they is this Is this a that one. BuzzFeed article, or did you personally notice that? I saw Scott Peterson. I That's mean, it impressive. Was kind of like I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. It was on my standard def screen, but it says Scott Peterson. I, I, I have to assume it's coincidence. I mean, the, the Illuminati yeah. certainly did not know that like a man named Scott Peterson would probably have killed his wife. So Scott Peterson's important not because of, like, just, like, the fucking murderer, but I, uh, I know Scott Peterson's in my life. Okay. So, like, not every Scott time, Peterson. like... What? Not the Scott Peterson. No, 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 not the, but people named Scott Peterson, and I'm always just, like... Should change it. Yeah, <laughs> Seinfeld had like gotta, that about that. Work on changing Scott. Go with your middle name. Rifkin. You know? What was the name of the serial killer from Seinfeld? Elaine was trying to get him to change his name. Is that a serial real serial killer? killer or was it a fictional serial killer? Rifkin. Yeah, it sounds real. It sounds like it's a real. Person. That's like a season three episode, I think. Uh, Elaine's dating a guy who his name his name is a serial killer, and he tries to get him to uh, ch- change his name. I think he's also a communist. He's the one who gives the communist manifesto pamphlet to Kramer, and then Kramer starts a communist revolt amongst the, the holiday Santas. Oh, okay. it, yeah, it was. Uh, she dates a, a man with the same name as serial killer Joel Rifkin. Joel yes. Rifkin. There you go. Thank you. It's, it's the episode is the masseuse. Is that also the one where George gets a massage from? Uh... Oh no, it it's the one where Jared. No, it's the one where Jerry's dating a masseuse who won't give him a massage. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. All what right. did Joel Rifkin do? Let's let's look into it. Uh, he was let's the wrap person. Up. He, uh, he he oh he was the one who killed hookers in Brooklyn and Manhattan. No, oh, that guy. That sounds like every character I've ever played in GTA. No, nah, well, it's a little different when they're real. I guess so, yeah, it's much much more different when they're real life. Right. Speaking of real life deaths, um, let's talk about Demolition Man. Body count seventy two, seventy two, not bad. I guess. What are you waging it against? Well, I don't think that many movies have 72 different people killed in it. Like, you know, so <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> 72 people died in Demolition Man. Billions died in T2 off screen. Well, yeah, but most of these people weren't off screen. Most of these deaths were on screen. These and, 72. And, yeah, and in the future, that, I guess, gets prevented in that movie, but then brought back in several other movies. It does. Oh, and then I guess the last question, I, I was watching the film Felk. Demolition Man, I thought to myself, you know, I don't understand what power tops are or power bottoms are. I still don't get them, but I wanted to know from you, who do you think is the power top and who's the power bottom between Simon Phoenix and John Spartan? They're both tops. They are? That's the point. Yeah, they would both be power tops. (gasps) Can power tops have sex with each other or is that not possible? It's very difficult. It would be like, uh, it would be like, Two, you know, left-footed people trying to dance or whatever. And they just the parts don't work. Wait, okay, explain to me what a power top is and a power bottom. No, is no, we're wrapping up. This Please. we're at two hours Please. and thirty-seven I minutes. Know. I need to know. All right, okay, I got one last little tidbit. Slightly less for the listeners. <laughs> so I I watch all the credits. I know some people say you're a psycho for doing. You have that, to hear the stink song. They, 
Or people, that's theme song is horrible. It's horrible. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful, yeah. I had to look it up, and I was like, this is with the demolition, the man. It's so bad. Can't believe Sting but did it. I watch the, – well, the movie's title's based off the song that Sting wrote first, and then he rewrote the song for the credits. Yeah, because the movie shouldn't really be called Demolition Man. It doesn't really sell the movie. Well, they do say they, – they say that the teacher line in the beginning, right? Like, John, you're some kind of demolition man destroying all these buildings. Anyways – It's um, like we're some kind of suicide squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, so – I watch credits like a psycho, and I watch them all the way. And I got to the end, and I saw the Silver Pictures logo, right? Uh, the Joel Silver Pictures logo. Yeah. And this is 1983, and it is so fucking well rendered. I was like, "What the fuck? And what? Like, is this? Did they replace the logo for the DVD release, or is this actually 1993? How his logo looked? I, the the version gorgeous. I watched was Blu-ray, and it, it had the new Warner Brothers logo before it. I fucking hate that. Don't put... No, at the end. At the end, though. At the very end. Well, if they did it for the Warner Brothers at the beginning, why wouldn't they do it for the, at the end for, for Scott for the Silver Pictures? Maybe. But I saw a DVD, but I don't know. Like, it it just... It's the one where you're looking at a silver, like, uh, plane, and then all of a sudden, like, a bump comes through, and it's, like, the squares that for the Silver Pictures logo. I don't know. And then you eventually uh, he, he had to fight really hard to get his uh, Silver logo at the beginning of the Matrix uh, sequels. Because it's not in the original. It's just them and Village Roadshow. Uh, and then Silver got in there because... Uh, I thought Viacom got in there. Or not Viacom. Is it Village Roadshow? It's Village Roadshow, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Warner Brothers. And, and like, he, he's got a big ego, Joel Silver, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, well, then maybe he forced some fucking yeah. He, he, motion he, he snorted cocaine off a hooker, and then and then yeah. and then got, got his whip and went and fucking whipped the fucking CG press. Is like logo, logo better. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, Lucas gave him access to three different ILM artists, and then let him whip the shit out of them and supply them with endless hookers and coke yeah, as well. Yeah, they go back and like he's like, right, well, how, how much the time with Joel Silver? And then, that's my George Lucas impression. And they're they're I like, he raped one of us. The other two, he just whipped. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it's the exact opposite of Scorpio giving Homer those three guys. He just gets a hammock in there. Yeah. The, Joel Silver would never get hammocks. Well, I mean, there's a movie called Swimming with the Sharks that's written by a former assistant to Joel Silver, in which Kevin Spacey plays a psychotic version of. Joel Silver, and uh, is that what Kevin Spacey's playing in that? Yeah, movie? so it's, that it's Joel yeah. Silver. Yeah, the guy, well, the, the, uh, isn't the, it Aaron Eckhart in that film? What? Aaron Eckhart's in that film, right? Aaron Eckhart. No, you're thinking of a different movie. I think uh, Aaron Eckhart's oh, okay. not. Uh, you're, you're thinking of the, in the Company of Men. I oh, think. maybe. Okay, but uh, no, something with sharks is, is Kevin Spacey. And of course, it's where he's playing uh, Kevin Spacey plays like an evil version of Joel Silver, or maybe just Joel Silver, uh, basically in a movie written by his former assistant, or maybe Joel just Silver. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, or, and then now, of course, we find out that Kevin Spacey is also fucking kind of evil. So uh, yeah. it's it's you know, it's 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 a it's a person playing an evil person, but who's also evil, and we didn't realize it at the time. And we also maybe Joel Silver is not as bad as Kevin Spacey because you know he seems to have only fucked. Consent, women consensually, but definitely does a lot of it and does a lot of cocaine, but also gave a movie franchise to two trans women. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but then also was allegedly the one who insisted on crediting them as the Wachowski brothers. Wow. So who knows? Who knows know what, what side of history Joel Silver will wind up on? I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten me too. Considering he the will. stories, uh, it's contracts, probably NDAs and shit like that. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like Don Simpson would have been the the biggest Me Too. I feel like they 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 would have gone after him first if if he was still alive and Harvey was still Harvey, they would have gone after Don Simpson. But uh, 
He is unreachable. He is a place that where he is safe from from me too. And Aaron Eckhart went on to I Frankenstein. It wasn't even in the movie I was talking about. That's a good movie though. In the Company of Men's a good movie. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Hey Eckhart, think about the future. I love future. that line. All right. <laughs> That's uh, Porkins. Uh, all right, Cool Boy Nation. <laughs> Tell us what you thought about Demolition Man, the movie we ostensibly talked about tonight. And how many boys out of five you would give it by emailing us at the cool boys podcast at gmail.com. Mm. New episodes come out every week, but usually on Tuesdays. Fridays. New episodes come out every week. They used to come out on Tuesdays, but now <laughs> in this new world order, they come out on Fridays. <gasps> and are recorded closer to those Fridays. Be sure to like and subscribe. Be sure to like and subscribe to the cool boys and review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't know why I like go back and, and, and like give clean reads knowing that I won't edit this <laughs> old habits. Please check out our other great cool boy central content with Batman and beyond on Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you for listening. Be well. <laughs> oh no. Stay cool. Cool boy nation. Until next time. It's be wellsies from film. Be wellsies. Oh my God. I love it. And that's, be wellsies from Ballard. Be well is plastered all over every set. Like it's everywhere. Just like Build Back Better is going to be. Be wellsies. I wish it was Be wellsies though. Clean out. You are standing American boy. You've excelled in all things. Oh my God. You son of a bitch. See, I got a huge cock. Oh my God. Give me what I want! Oh, oh my god! So you can run and tell that! God damn it! Homeboy! Get out of here, damn silly! Get out of here! The whistles go woo! Yeah.